The views and opinions expressed on Red Planet are those of the individual and do not necessarily reflect those of Red Planet nor any affiliated or related entities. This podcast is provided for educational purposes only. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Red Planet. This week, Mule and Kira sit down with Drew, an actionist working with Palestine Action, whose occupation of Fisher German in Manchester led to the shuttering of an Elbit Systems facility last year. Also, Guatemala has a new president, rebels in Myanmar have taken more territory, and the far right in Germany has their own deportation plan for asylum seekers. But first, Kira got herself a trip. So my hair has been getting like so tangled. My ends are just really split. If you have long hair, you know that your split ends, they're not just an unsightly thing. They just make your like the ends of your hair starts to like tangle on each other. So it's like, I really need a haircut. But the, the woman who I, I've been going to near me, she does great haircuts, but like she, first of all, won't stop asking me about my job and I just don't want to talk about it. But also <laughs> she's like, one of those people that escaped communism, quote unquote. Okay. And I, I, I really don't don't want to have it's just an uncomfortable experience because the haircuts are great. But I also just don't want to have to have those conversations. I just I just would rather just not have to go there. So um, I was staying with my friend this week, uh, had a little like mini vacation. And I'm like, I'm gonna look for hair hair places near you. And I found this one place. I'm like, whatever. It, it gave like super cheap haircuts, like ridiculously cheap where I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Anyways, I go there and I'm waiting and like I hear everyone speaking. I'm like, I'm the only white person there and everyone's speaking different language. And I'm like, I swear to God, they're speaking Farsi, but I don't want to look like a doofus if it turns out they're not speaking Farsi. And then I'm just like this like white girl that's just making assumptions. But then <laughs> after a while, I just was like, I can't help it anymore. So I was like, I asked them, I was like, Farsi, Baladid. I asked them, do you speak Farsi? And they're like, yes. And then they started talking to me. I was like, oh my gosh. Let's go. I actually don't know any Farsi beyond like a few <laughs> things. But it was a, so much fun. It was just like nine day from the other woman I normally go to. I had yeah. so much fun. So we ended up just like chit-chatting. And then they gave me these really great recommendations for good gorma sabzi, which is like my favorite thing ever. I don't know. It was just so nice. It was just such a fun time. And I got to mm. bust out the Farsi, which I never get to do anymore. And I just had a really good time. So it was a, it was a very pleasant, very affordable haircutting experience. Yeah. Now you got to go back to North Korea, Defector or whoever it is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your like communist? Like I, I escaped <laughs> communism. Um, you know, my, my, my granddad owned a plantation in Cuba and, uh, and then yeah. they oppressed me by taking my plantation away. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. Maybe I'll find, maybe I'll just stick to this place actually. It's yeah. Really yeah. Fun. yeah. Don't go back to that first place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Welcome to red planet. How are we doing everybody? It's good to see you. Uh, it's the start of the show and we're going to do the thing that we do at the start of the show, which is me asking Kira, Apart from getting a new haircut with a more based haircut um, salon, uh, what's the most based thing you did this week? Honestly, um, I've been trying to take it easy from from like 
submerging myself in news because just my mental health is having a hard time with it, which by the way, everyone's mental health should have a hard time with genocide for the record. Sometimes I see people using this as an excuse to like forego the entire thing. And I just don't think that's appropriate. And I think it's a quite a privileged position when you're like, my mental health doesn't enjoy genocide. No one's does, but it's just, <laughs> it shouldn't, yeah. right? You should be really upset and really disturbed at what's going on in the world. But it's another right. thing when it actually starts to like actually create some some invasive like prop like you're actually your health is actually being affected in a, in a way that you need to stop and you know anyway so i've been taking some little bit of time off from that and instead i've been like hanging out and, and away from streaming and i'm hanging out with my friend my one friend i have in this city so i've been having a lot of fun with him and also been trying to learn some arabic which is a little slow going but i think shukran means thank you yeah that sounds about right yep. and then habibi everyone knows habibi right and the hayati it's another cutesy one and then um afwan is that a one am i getting this right but yeah no i've been also doing duolingo and trying to learn that way and it's i don't know it's it's difficult because it's not so far in the, in the very beginning of it, and it's not like conversational, it's like learning different letters and things like that, which is important. But I also am really eager to just like be able to know how to have a conversation. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Anyways, Mule, my friend Mule. That is me. What base thing or things have you been up to this week? Well, thanks for asking, Kira. Um, yeah, I'm always doing tenants union stuff. Everybody knows that um, uh, at the moment, uh, as and when I'm able to, when I've got capacity, if I'm not sick um, or anything like that. This week's been no different. I have been helping the tenants union members with a bunch of stuff. We've had a, a whole heap of stuff come in. We actually had someone with a rent to rent landlord, which uh, if you don't know what that is, I did a video called Awful Landlord Influencers, aka Bastard Landlord Influencers, and uh, I talk a little bit about what rent to rent is in that. A brief summary of it is when, say for example, you were to rent an apartment from a landlord, and then you pretended to be the landlord and rented that apartment out to someone else for much more than what you're paying. It's disgusting, and it's what I like to call hyperparasitism. But anyway, we figured out that like this was happening, and um, so yeah, I've uh, I've been helping this guy. Um, he has like a, a bit of a language barrier as well, so we're looking for like a translator for him at the minute to just make it a little bit more easy for us to communicate, uh, so he understands exactly what's going on. The fact that he is like new to the country and can't speak the language too well is, I think, a reason why he's been vulnerable to this kind of thing, which makes it extra fucked up, basically. And on top of that, we've also had a situation where there's an Irish traveller. If you don't know about the plight of travellers in the UK, they've basically been going through ethnic cleansing all over Europe, like over the last, you know, 100 or 200 years or something. But particularly GRT people in the UK at the moment, there is an actual bill that allows for the ethnic cleansing of travelers in the uk and it basically says that travelers aren't allowed to settle on on land any land even though they're literally travelers and that's what they do that's their whole culture it's it's their whole everything and as a result of that lots of travelers have been sort of like coerced and forced in some cases to be put in social housing and what 
tends to happen in this social housing is because the social housing providers know that they're travelers, they're either Romani or they're Irish travelers or another kind of traveler. And um, what will happen is the social housing provider will basically discriminate ag- against them. And it's just absolutely vile. Like, for example, like our member can't, you know, she she has difficulty reading and writing. And so, you know, they've sent her these like very official looking documents that she like has trouble understanding. That means that like she's terrified. She thinks she's going to get evicted, all this kind of stuff. You know, the police are already like discriminating against her because like she has a large family and, you know, she's a traveler. Um, and it's just been really, really tough to sort of like, you know, uh, listen to some of the stuff that, that she's had to go through but we are on it and we are we have basically like our our connection with uh greater manchester law center has basically helped us get her some breathing room from this like supposed eviction that she was going to get um she was supposedly um getting evicted because of uh quote-unquote anti-social behavior if you don't know about the absurdity around the uh, definition of anti-social behavior in the uk um it's basically just a way to discriminate against marginalized people that's what antisocial behavior orders are, really. Um, and so that was the reason that they were saying that they were going to evict her. It turns out that they didn't even go to the court to actually like do this um, possession order. Uh, so they essentially lied to her and sent her a fraudulent document, um, just hoping that she would like, you know, shit it and leave, and and then they don't have to worry about uh, having a traveler in their house anymore. So it's just really fucked up. So we got that one thing. Um, so can we've I, also yeah. Can I uh, interrupt you for a moment? That what you're saying about antisocial behavior it reminds me of what Georgia just did, which is expand their state's RICO statute to include yeah. basically anything done with a bias against political beliefs like even like yeah. posting unauthorized posting of flyers like mm. it's like a, it's like similar it's it's yeah no it's it's all something's obviously it's not the same but like we can see these flavors of like, this expansion of like basically a police state effectively and like yeah wouldn't you know it just happens to crash the hardest down on marginalized people and those advocating for them yeah yeah well that's the thing you know like they they, they present these laws as a kind of like catch-all um, we're going to be using this to make sure that everybody in society is playing ball and, and we're going to treat everybody fairly, but absolutely like we live in a white supremacist, you know, patriarchal society. So of course, marginalized people are targeted way more than, uh, anyone who isn't. Um, so that's that. Um, so those are some disputes that I've been helping with, uh, this week. And also on top of that, uh, I was helping with the, uh, 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 member solidarity meeting that we just had today before the show. It was really, really good. We've got like so many more member solidarity officers and our South and Central branch just had their annual general meeting where they actually confirmed that five more people wanted to join the member solidarity team. So that means we've got like a member solidarity team of like almost 20 people, um, which is really, really cool because as I've said, I think on the show before that like, um, the, every single person who comes to us with a dispute is a potential member. Um, and even if we don't like, you know, get their demands, even if we don't win the dispute, uh, because of the solidarity that you extend to them and the way that you support them and empower them, they tend to become an active member anyway, just in general. Um, so it's loads more oppo- opportunities to build tenant power. It's loads more opportunities to grow the, the profile of the union. Uh, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, but actually, the most base thing that I did this week, uh, that's not even that stuff is not the most base thing I did this week. The most base thing I did this so week. Bad, I'm not trying to do that. That's in no I, way. I this... used Duolingo this week. That was my, <laughs> and I got a haircut. 
Could you please? Anyways, I guess keep going. We're not, you know, we're not in com- not we're leftists. But let's face it, it's one v you, you v me, <laughs> one v you. Uh, yeah, I am absolutely destroying Kara in the marketplace of doing stuff. Uh, so, yeah. Um, but no, the most basic thing I did this week was actually like escort and advocate for like a disabled comrade uh, that needed my help to like do some stuff with them. Um, basically, they've, they've been like made redundant and they needed someone to like help them go to like the unemployment center and shit like that in, in you know, in the UK. It's called the job center. Um, but yeah, I, I would argue that that's like the most base thing I've done this week because all the other stuff is kind of just normal now. I'm not boasting. I'm not, I'm not like trying to say I'm amazing and I've done more stuff than Kara. Can I add something? Um, Yeah. One of the, uh, another base thing I did this week was put a cis man on my show in his place. Yeah. Tell him what for. Yeah. Maybe step, maybe sit down for once. Okay. Yeah. Do you know what? You. I think I think I'll stop doing base stuff. I just won't do anything. That would be next the most week. base thing in my presence. <laughs> base stuff. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, Women hold up half the sky. Okay, stop taking up so much of the sky. It's true. It's true. Yeah, I should just let all women hold all the sky. Actually, that's think that's the only way forward here um this is a joke by the way i'm being sarcastic be extremely sarcastic uh so anyway we want to know what base things you've been doing you can message us on twitter instagram or tiktok and send an email to base that red planet show.com include your name and pronouns if you're cool with that and we may shout it out in a later episode but we have got some news to go through, and uh, this one is uh, super relevant because uh, this is relating to uh, uh, Palestine action. It's uh, 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 our guest later on is uh, someone who's been doing stuff, uh, you know, with Palestine action. Um, and so we're going to talk about this. Uh, five actionists from Palestine action have been arrested after the group is infiltrated, was infiltrated by Daily Express, quote unquote, journalist. Uh, Max Parry. Um, I'm actually just being told it was six actionists were arrested. And five have been released and one has been held uh, uh, as things stand at the moment. Uh, but basically, the, the long and short of it is this. Uh, five people organizing with Direct Action Group Palestine Action have been arrested for allegedly planning to shut down uh, the London Stock Exchange, but I think that number is six. Uh, the London Stock Exchange has been a target of direct action campaigns in the past and is likely to be again in the future as activists for various causes realize how finance capital facilitates the manifold evils of the world. It's something... Uh, to do with capitalism, uh, in case people watching the show hadn't realized. Uh, Daily Express reporter and professional grass Max Parry infiltrated the group with an assumed identity and a detailed fabricated backstory, claiming to be an environmental activist. After being trained up for uh, the action online, Parry reported everyone involved to the police, leading to their arrests. In his article, Parry described Palestine action as a pro-Palestine mob and said, The Express has informed the City of London Police, the Met Police and the London Stock Exchange of Palestine Action's plans. We've passed on our evidence to the Metropolitan Police for further investigation. He also said that he had asked the facilitating organiser for the action, whom he called the ringleader, what other targets were for the week. But they said... Uh, I could tell you if you were on the actions, but it's just need to know, comrade. Uh, and that is, of course, a reminder, uh, despite the infiltration, of the effectiveness of need to know OPSEC. Uh, OPSEC, sorry. 
Uh, Parry had previously infiltrated vegan activist group Animal Rising in June last year, although it's unclear whether his actions at that time led to any arrests. A statement on Palestine Action's website concluded, As an active direct action movement, which has consistently taken direct action to end British complicity with the colonization of Palestine, we've caused significant disruption to Israel's weapons trade. As a result, the state and other bad faith actors have taken several measures to try and crack down on our growing movement over the past three years. Now more than ever, as Israel's genocide of the Palestinian people has seen over 25,000 killed, more than 60,000 injured, and the majority of Gaza's population displaced, Palestine action will not back down. We will continue to grow, evolve, and remain steadfast in our direct action campaign against the Israeli weapons trade and those who facilitate it. Kira, you got any thoughts on this? Just that... I mean, it's disgusting that people are attacking good people that are actually standing up for some of the most vulnerable people on the planet. Like, we're seeing, it's effectively somebody is infiltrating, uh, you know, people that are trying to help free slaves in America or right. or trying to help, uh, um, you know, protect Jewish people that are being persecuted by Nazis. Like, we're, these, these fuckers are evil. These fuckers are, are I don't know what else to say. And I hope history will not look kindly on these fuckwads. Well, let's be real. Uh, the present uh, doesn't look very kindly on them either. I mean, the majority of people support a, a, a ceasefire and an end to the genocide uh, in Palestine. We've had uh, Palestine actionists on the show talk to us about how when they do an action and people are made aware of what's going on in their local area they do tend to support mm-hmm. what's going on yeah. um even middle class people even people who just like have no relation to uh you know the the middle east whatsoever just like everyday people are just like you know um you know what like this isn't good it's not on um and now as the you know israel is losing the 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 social media war it's it's losing the propaganda war more and more people are going to look at this and go like oh so basically Basically, you were like a schneid little grass and you like thought you were being dead cool and like, look at me, I've done infiltration. Um, And again, you know, it's questionable as to whether like anything is going to happen to these people who've been, uh, you know, arrested. I know that five uh, five of them have been released. One of them is being held. It's questionable as to where anything's actually going to be like done regarding this we've seen multiple judges clear palestine actionists um of things that they that they've done um because they realize that actually like well um international law states that you shouldn't do things like you know drone strike families for no reason um and therefore international law dictates that we have to release you uh because you've done the right thing actually you know that's kind of the precedent that's that's i think sometimes being used to de- to defend palestine actionists so uh yeah it's uh it's unclear as to how that's going to go down but uh again it's a reminder for everybody that opsec is so 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 important you know if if you if you ever like you know going to get involved in in terms of like you know doing anything that is like legal by the way, we would never promote doing anything illegal on the show because uh, that's bad and wrong. But if you're going to take part in anything, um, even if it is legal, sometimes people will infiltrate your group uh, and decide to be a horrible little twat fucking, you know, what's his name? Randall from uh, Recess uh, about it. So, uh, you know, just be mindful and maybe we'll have a, an upcoming episode about OPSEC uh, very soon. I also wanted to add to what you were saying. This, like, this is why it's so important 
that your chauvinistic egos stop when it comes to activism. Like, you know, that guy that punched a Nazi, what was his name? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. No one knows because punched a Nazi and then just never talked about it, (laughs) never bragged about it. And no one ever knows this person's name and no one's ever, he's basically off scot-free. And while it's awful to punch anyone, including Nazis, and my heart breaks for all of them. Violence um, does, is wrong and bad. It's yeah. wrong and bad. And we love Joe Biden. Um, oh God, <laughs> Friend I can't of the even show. joke about that. <laughs> I know we say that because like, haha, but like that man. Oh, oh. anyways, um, friend of the show, Joe Biden, et cetera. Um, violence, bad, la, da, da. But um, note that no one knows who this person is because shut it down, right? And so if you are going to be part of any of these groups, part of OPSEC is also like thinking of others. It's not, We've talked about this on the show. It's not just about your own security. It's also about the security of your comrades. So it's, you have to be very, very, very vigilant and very careful and very much parking your ego at the door and, and knowing that this isn't about you and you like you know, making the papers and you being like a badass, like revolutionary or whatever the hell you think about yourself and your plans on the left. Um, it's about the people who you're advocating for. And it's about protecting as protecting your comrades in the process of trying to advocate for for, for people. Yeah, don't be Sean King. Don't be, don't be Sean King. That's right. Yeah. 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 But if you are going to be Sean King, you should get banned off of Instagram. <laughs> Is he still banned? Yeah, uh, you know what? I've got no idea. All I know is that one of my friends, like, who's not really been paying much attention to this stuff, um, but knows that I do, sent me like um, ticket, like ticket link to his show where he's going to sit down and speak with someone else. Ah! And I was like, and I was, uh, you know, I was looking at this link, and I was like, is there any, is there any like mention of where the, this money is going to? I'm going to buy this ticket, and what's just going to go in like these two like jackoffs fucking pockets, so they can like profit off a of genocide? No thanks. Uh, gonna miss on that one, Chief. I'll tell you where it's going, Mule. Did you know that Sean King is behind closed doors working on a ceasefire? He really me. he's yeah. he's doing Behind this all on his own Sean King is orchestrating a ceasefire he's working very hard so all your funds are probably going to you know a ceasefire secret ceasefire secret plans ceasefire. Yeah. yeah so think about it. every time you pay for m- food selfish right <laughs> why can't you pay death to Sean King because they're the transitive property you are paying for a ceasefire it's true it's true <laughs> <laughs> You cannot Listen. pay for a ceasefire through Sean King. For the record, please don't do that. Don't say Red Planet says that you should give money to Sean King. <laughs> yeah, that would actually kill my soul a little bit more than yeah. it's already been killed. <laughs> uh, speaking of Palestine, let's get let's get the jokes over now. Back to serious right. stuff. Yes, Kara, give us the Palestine update. Sure. Um, so over the last week, lots of things happened in Palestine. Obviously, just like every time we talk about Palestine here, this is not going to be a comprehensive review of everything. The nature of a genocide is effectively a gish galloping of atrocities, which is part of the horror of it. Part of the horror of it is that you cannot keep up with the mag- the massive magnitude of all the atrocities. You cannot humanize every single victim. You have to aggregate them into numbers, right? This is part of it. It's Israel is the reason for this, right? It's 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 awful. So it's so much I can say just about that, but I just want to just put that out there as a blanket statement um, and that I'm going to be talking about a few of the things that went down over the past week. 
So um, Biden is continuing his airstrikes on Yemen, despite not stopping the Houthis. And so this is this is something where like friend of the show, Joe Biden. Wow. What what a guy can say the things out loud and not really sometimes even realize that he's saying them. And this is one of those examples where it just goes mask off. Um, the Houthis are continuing their defense of the Red Sea against Israeli cargo ships. And instead of listening to to their demands, which is a ceasefire to stop the killing in Gaza, and then they'll stop the, you know, targeting Israeli ships that are going through the Red Sea. Uh, Biden is just continuing to target the Yemenis on Yemeni soil. And he's calling them um, targeting, quote unquote, Houthi targets. So when asked about this, U.S. President Joe Biden respond to whether or not he was going to stop the airstrikes or whether the airstrikes are working. He said, are they stopping the Houthis? No. Are they going to continue? Yes. This went viral. So for good reason, because it's one of those moments where all of the all of the lip service that the Democratic Party pays towards pretending that Oh, it pains us. It breaks our heart that we have to be horrible. But you have to understand our horribleness is because of freedom. We're trying to promote freedom. We're trying to help innocent Ulus and whatever type of sympathetic story they try to paint in order to justify their their American hege- hegemony, right? This is just Maskoff saying the reality of it. It's not actually going to stop the Houthis, right? He haven't actually actually done anything to to prevent the Houthis from continuing their very understandable resistance against genocide um and by by maintaining like their sovereignty as 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 a country that has waters that they are you know responsible for and preventing uh israeli ships cargo ships from going through the red sea and, and distributing products to israel which like it's just it's it's it just shows you that whenever liberals right-wingers, whatever the hell you want to call them, are trying to hem and haw over like, listen, I'm all for what you're for. However, I'm not for these violent methods you're using. When you see the Houthis actually not use, not not kill a single person, not harm a single person, but instead just prevent cargo ships, just turning cargo ships around, just getting on the cargo ship and turn them around and force them to go the long way, that that in, in and of itself justifies murder in the eyes of America. It's literally and- wild. It's it's <clears throat> just so very obvious. Like, you know, I think I said this on my stream this week. You could quite clearly see, like, the white West, like the white imperial core, just straight up doing racism. Like, not not even just, like, people in charge, not even just, like, people in government, but, like, liberals who are there saying, like, you know, um, oh, you know, I know what's going on in Gaza is really bad, uh, but we can't be supporting the Houthis because they're terrible and they all want to, like, kill women and everything and Islamic State and blah, 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 this, that, and the other. And it's like, oh, Christ, like, we're just not learning anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, none of these people are learning anything. Uh, you know, it's the same arguments they used against, like, you know, uh, well, for supporting uh, Israel's ethnic cleansing of Gaza. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, you know, some of those some of those people in Gaza are really bad. They'd kill you for being gay. And it's like, OK, so now we're just doing this again. But for Houthis, right, we're just doing this, you know, for, for a different country that just so happens to be populated with people who aren't white. OK, yeah, cool. We're just not learning anything. Also, like, it's very explicitly 
the Biden administration is not targeting Houthis. Like according to them, they are targeting Houthis because the Houthis are 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 targeting Israeli cargo ships. There is no like we're targeting them for this for all of these historical reasons that magically have become very relevant in the middle of a genocide, which would be very suspicious. They're not even trying to pretend this. And yet, you know, if you look on social media, liberals who are not being, you know, I, I know that there are there is astroturfing out there, right? But there are so many people that are not being paid by the Democratic Party that are coming up with these fucking reasons to justify the the murder, the targeting of 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 more Arabs. Like it just like just ugh. it's it's really revolting to see how much your fellow prole really will just lick the boot. And it, it's 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 revolting. And the new yeah. and exciting ways they come up with to to and to all like conglomerate around to to to, to uh, it's it's just it's so it's one thing to 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 think of it and to reflect back on history it's another thing to see like the new and exciting ways that they're going about this you know anyway, yeah. so you uh joe biden's a ghoul and he's not going to stop targeting uh yemenis on yemeni soil despite the fact that there are no results that are that are actually like working nor am I rooting for him to to to. Nor am I rooting for any of these attacks to actually work either. But you know, that's not the official position of here at Red Planet. Uh, that's just my position. So um, the next story we have, and this is not something that is just breaking. This is something that's been going on, but I wanted to bring attention to it. Um, Israel's war on Gaza has led to so many Palestinian amputations. Uh, through rockets, through gunfire, through um, um, white phosphorus. We're going to show very briefly a video. It's only about a minute long, but it's a Palestinian doctor that's just telling you one particular story about one particular Palestinian. Hello again. It's one of the saddest stories which we see every day. As you know, the burn of the uh, of the uh, the patient we see with the rockets and the weapons they use are usually very very deep uh, i had a 20 year old patient with bilateral uh, lower limbs uh, deep burn uh, of both feet and legs uh, which got badly infected he was in another hospital and he arrived here two days ago i tried to debride and clean the wounds it was really deep down to the bone and part of the bone was dead unfortunately we had discussions between me and my orthopedic uh, colleagues and the, even the visiting orthopedic teams and unfortunately the, the plan was for bilateral below knee amputation which left this poor uh, young man with uh, almost uh, this disability and the challenges of uh, you know, wearing prosthesis for lifelong after this thing. So... As you heard from the video, um, part of the issue that the doctor was discussing beyond just like the attack itself was the infection uh, because of a lack of water, because of a lack of, lack of healthcare uh, facilities, because directly as a result of the very intentional Israeli strikes and the very intentional, um, you know, uh, targeting of, of water sanitation facilities and just other sources of water. Um, we're seeing not only uh, injuries, but we're also seeing infections that are leading to these amputations. These are all preventable, all preventable. And I also want to note that it gets even worse. 
because of Israel's war on Gaza, over a thousand, last I checked, this was a few weeks ago, by the way, so it's probably more, but over a thousand Palestinian children have had to have at least one limb amputated without anesthetic. I want to repeat that. Over a thousand Palestinian children have had to have at least one limb amputated without anesthetic. Yeah, and there's that one um, video I've seen um, of a doctor just absolutely uh, beside himself because he had to do an amputation on his own daughter or, or son, just his own child without anesthetic, and she died from the pain. And I saw that. You know, how do you even begin to like comprehend just how, you know, what, what, what that man's going through? Um, yeah, it, it can't be understated just how ghoulish, like, uh, 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 what the result of all these, um, you know, bombings of hospitals, you know, uh, not allowing aid, killing, uh, you know, aid workers and stuff like that. This, this is the result of that. Yeah. And like I was saying before, um, one of the horrible parts about all of this is that I have to, we have to aggregate these, these individual events that each has a story. Each of these people I've such are individuals. Each of them has has family each of them has interests you know like each of them are human they're all unique people they all have a a a very 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 strong desire to live and we have to crush all that into a number and that's part of the dehumanization that israel's forced us to participate in because it quite literally we can't we just can't how 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 it's too too many atrocities too fast you know uh next story is israel's military is continuing their raising of gaza so it's not just them killing palestinians they're also flattening uh gaza and they're also um demolishing the existing wildlife and farms that that gazans have been nurturing and 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 have been uh growing Israel's military has now uprooted 70% of Gaza's trees and have bulldozed thousands of dunams of agricultural land. <laughs> this is just but like they're, But they're the, most, um, they're the most environmentally friendly army, though, Kira, because they have uh, no animal products in any of their uh, military fatigues. So, oh my God. you know, this is, it's, it's cancelled out, right? This is, that's, this is the carbon sink, um, you know. For every tree that they uproot they buy a tesla so it's fine (laughs) yeah (laughs) literally jeez all right uh so the next story gazans are suffering from famine now and they're taking desperate measures in order to try to alleviate this by the way the famine is an artificial famine it's not because of a lack of food it's because of israel's forcibly starving the gazan population preventing food from entering um inspecting the trucks that do manage to enter they inspect and reject most of the trucks and most of what's in the trucks or they light the 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 contents on fire um sorry now gazans uh palestinians and gazans are now eating loaves of bread made from rabbit feed so some are not posting the photos themselves out of a sense of uh, pride and dignity when really um it's everyone it's all of us that need to be ashamed at how we are standing by and allowing this to occur and especially the United States and Israel. 
Netanyahu, to no one's surprise, but it should be stated, just in case anyone needed a reminder, is openly declaring he has no intention of allowing a Palestinian state. He says, my insistence is what prevented for years the establishment of a Palestinian state, which would have posed an existential danger to Israel. As long as I am a prime minister, I will continue to firmly stand by it. Now, here at Red Planet, I'm just going to say it, speak for everyone. We don't have any faith in a two-state solution. Um, A two-state solution is a normalization of Israel. A two-state solution is not land back for Palestinians. It prevents Palestinians, who many of them still have their keys to their house from entering their homes. Um, It also maintains a continual like military, you know, oppressive imperial presence in the Middle East, which is the point of Israel. Um, There's many reasons. All the reasons you don't like Israel is all the reasons why a two-state solution would not is not a solution, actually. And when people talk to me about a two-state solution, I always just point to the existing reality in Palestine and be like, this is your two-state solution. This is what it looks like. You cannot just you cannot just share a world with a fascist side by side. Quite that, That's just a math equation that doesn't math. It doesn't work because the fascists, if allowed to exist, will necessarily consume everyone around them. That's just the nature of fascism. So... Um, it's it's if anyone had thought a Tuesday solution would be a solution of any sort, just just one, please, you know, think think that maybe the abolition of Israel might be actually be the answer here. Uh, maybe the abolition of the apartheid genocidal settler colonial project, which is inherently, by the way, genocidal, would be a better solution. But also note that um, Netanyahu has no aspirations for a Tuesday solution. He says so himself. And also the Likud party has also said so <laughs> yeah i mean as uh, you know south africa didn't get their um liberation from a two-state solution they just fucked off the fascists like mm-hmm. uh, the last story i want to talk about and this is going to be talking about a, a a larger kind of horrific trend of the united states is how just recently a u.s citizen was killed in the west bank uh tafik hafez tafik azjad Ajak, who's 17, so so a boy, as a U.S. citizen, was killed yesterday as an Israeli settler in Israeli forces opened fire on his car in the Occupy West Bank. And remember, and just note that I just said Israeli settlers and Israeli forces. Um, a lot of people like to say that the government is the government is not its people, and you can't blame the Israeli people for the actions of the government. But just know that the Israeli settlers are very much participating in the genocide of Palestinians, including in the West Bank. We should not neglect that fact. They're, um, uh, what are they called? Stochastic terrorists. They're stochastic terrorists. They, they, they hear the rhetoric, the, the radicalization of not just the government, but also the far right bigots mm-hmm. and extremists that they're all part of like they're all part of organizations that are far-right extremist settler organizations they get radicalized they get pushed they get egged on to do this stuff and then like you know it happens and then the government's like we didn't make them do it they just did it on their own and it's like well you know maybe it wouldn't happen if you know palestinians were so dehumanized and like uh, you know there wasn't apartheid and all this kind of stuff you know i would even go further to say that it's even further It's a little more direct than stochastic terror because the government itself arms settlers like the United States government and the Israeli government, like literally bring like Ben Gavir will just hand out rifles to Israeli settlers and and to 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 use against Palestinians. 
It's right? active terror terrorist state actors, yeah. And yeah. the expansion of settlers in the West Bank specifically is also an intentional move by the government. To, it like like the the like every settler expanding in the West Bank is part of the expansion of 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 Israel to engulf and 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 eliminate Palestine, the existing Palestinian territories. So, but yeah, no, I I agree with you. It's it's one of those things, especially when you, especially when you see the IOF just standing there and just like watching it happen. Like it, it's very clear that this is this is not something that the government is like actually upset about. This is very much an intended result. Um, so this occurred at two fifteen p.m. on January nineteenth, so just two days ago, um, in East Ramallah in the central occupied West Bank. Um, Taufik, who is a U.S. citizen, was in his car when an Israeli settler, also in a car, arrived and began firing live ammunition from about 100 meters away. Taufik drove away while the Israeli settler followed, continuing to shoot toward Taufik. Then an Israeli military vehicle appeared from the opposite direction and opened fire on Taufik's car from a distance of about 50 to 70 meters. So now we have the Israeli military and Israeli settlers both collaborating to target a Palestinian U.S. citizen in the West Bank. Taufik's car then veered off and overturned. Israeli forces surrounded Taufik's car and prevented people from reaching him for about 15 minutes. And by the way, this is extremely, this is extremely like a signature Israel, Israeli occupying forces move to block aid, to prevent aid from reaching Palestinians. I can't tell you how many videos I've seen of of ambulances trying to enter areas of the West Bank and the IOF just, you know, pulling them over and forcing them to have to wait and like grilling them and sometimes turning them away or parking their cars in the in the front of like a hospital entrance so nobody can enter or or leave the hospital. So this is this is extremely run of this is not an off this is not a one-off bad apple event. This is extremely in line with what Israel does on the regular. Um, so an ambulance then finally was able to bring him into a medical center after Israel was trying to prevent that from occurring. Taufik was then declared dead on arrival. So um, if history is any indicator of what's the results going to be, this is the this is my personal prediction. I, Mule, I'm happy to hear what you think, but this is how I think it's going to go down. Biden will pay lip service to this. And literally nothing else will ever will come of it. Um, so if you recall his treatment of Shirin Abu Akleh, was a U.S. citizen and also journalist for Al Jazeera and uh, very much loved by the Palestinian people. She was reporting on uh, covering an Israeli raid on the Janine refugee camp in uh, Occupy West Bank in May 2020, 2022, excuse me. And she was killed by Israel upon uh, while doing so. Later on, investigations showed that Israel sniped her in the head from a from a rooftop. So it was very much a deliberate, targeted killing of of a journalist who had gotten a reputation for speaking out and about you know what was going on in Israel or going on to the Palestinian people in occupied Palestine, and also. You know, just just be one of those truth tellers that got on fascist nerves because fascists don't like it when you expose them for what they are. And she was wearing a press vest. You know, you know how it goes. Like Israel doesn't give a fuck. They're they're they they want to be oppressors and 
anything gets in the way of that is is going to be eliminated. So at first, Israel blamed Palestinians. They said Palestinians shot her and killed her. And then they kept denying responsibility. And so, but also in the beginning, along with that denial came the U.S., the Biden administration, which was very much like we are looking, are, are, we are very upset at the killing of Shireen Abu Akleh. And we, uh, what did they say? They said those responsible for Shireen's killing should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. The Israelis have the wherewithal and the capabilities to conduct a thorough, comprehensive investigation. Now, that was when she was killed in uh, May 2022. Now, the Biden administration, upon more and more facts being revealed about how actually this was definitely Israel, in case you had any doubts, and we have we have complete and thorough evidence proving this, that rhetoric was chipped away, chipped away, chipped away until... Uh, like say May 2023, so about a year later, then the Biden administration was saying that the killing of Abu Akleh was unintentional and reiterates that it's seeking accountability by urging Israel to revise its military rules of engagement, saying, since Shireen's tragic death, we have continued to press Israel closely to closely review its policies and practices on rules of engagement and consider additional steps to mitigate risk of civilian harm and protect journalists. Basically nothing. Blip service. So if that and many other um, uh, Israeli killings of U.S. citizens is any lesson, uh, I have my prediction for how the U.S. and the Biden administration specifically is going to react to Israel's very deliberate murder of Taufik Hafez Taufik Ajad, Ajak, excuse me, is that uh, nothing will fundamentally change. Yep. Yep, just like the uh, Democrats' campaign slogan. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I completely agree. No notes whatsoever. Um, I think you're absolutely right. I think that, like, Joe Biden has spoken about Israeli settlers in a disparaging way in all of this because I think their whole manufacturing of consent is that, like, Gaza is this enclave where terrorism has, like, bloomed and, um, you know, there's nothing we could do about it, so we have to just support the Israelis and just don't, don't think about it, vote blue no matter who. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's arguable. He may not even mention it at all. Um, but I do think that, like, if he's pressed, maybe he would say something to the tune of what you said he would say. Um, yeah, I agree. Mm. Okay, so... Thank you very much, Kira, for the Palestine update. Appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to fly through this story because um, it's annoying, uh, and it's annoying because I can't believe it it, it, it took this long uh, to happen. But in Germany, uh, tens of thousands across Germany have been protesting for, uh, calling, sorry, for a ban on far-right parties after the AFD reportedly plans uh, mass deportation schemes. The AFD is uh, the far-right alternative für Deutschland party, uh, and they met with neo-Nazis and other extremists in a hotel on November 25th in Potsdam to discuss plans to deport all migrants, refugees, asylum seekers, and Germans of foreign origin. So, you know, Germans of foreign origin, you make of that what you will. Uh, basically, anyone who's not white essentially, basically anyone who's not Aryan, um, you know, uh, 
I got more to say about this, but I'm going to go through the story just to make sure everyone's got the facts. Um, on January 10th, investigative journalism network Corrective brought the meeting to public attention, sparking a massive wave of protests across the country. It was reported by German newspapers Die Zeit and Der Spiegel on 18th of January that the meeting was the seventh of its kind. The tens of thousands of Germans protested across the country carried signs saying never again means now and you have to do anti-fascism yourself. And a repeated call of the protest was to ban far-right parties like AFD from running in Germany. Uh, the AFD was founded in February 2013. In 2017, Bjorn Hoek, of uh, one of the party's founders, gave a speech where he referred to the memorial uh, to the murdered Jews of Europe by saying, we Germans are the only people in the world who have planted a memorial of shame in the heart of their capital. Interesting uh, statement there. Uh, this week also saw a report by the BBC on the ways that the far right in Germany is seeking to co-opt farmers' union protests to gain political power. The farmers' union have condemned the far right and the AFD, but the far right continue to attempt to claim allegiance with the farmers as part of a climate denial narrative. Farmers across Europe have been protesting against the mishandling of agricultural sectors' needs in line with climate goals, and the far right is keen to narrativize this as climate-denying and nationalistic sentiment despite vocal disagreement by many of the farmers actually protesting. BBC report also described growing sentiment in far-right telegram channels, hoping that the farmers' protests might be the beginning of a broader insurrection against the German government from the right. Uh, but Kira, tell us about what's going on in Guatemala. All right. Uh, Bernardo Arevalo inaugurated as the president of Guatemala. So after months of attempts by the outgoing um, Congress to prevent him from taking office, Bernardo Arevalo has become the president of Guatemala in a surprising victory for democracy in Central America. President Arevalo is the son of a former Guatemalan president, Juan Jose Arevalo, whose government implemented worker protections and created space for the indigenous population in the late 1940s. Following the 1954 CIA-backed coup of Arbenz, Juan fled to Uruguay to live in exile where Bernardo was born. Bernardo will later return to Guatemala to help found the seed movement with whom he was elected to, to the Congress in 2019. Arevalo's campaign faced considerable resistance from the country's conservative establishment, including an attempt by the attorney general to disqualify him from allegedly falsifying signatures. It sounds like a familiar story. The Congress continued to attempt to delay seating the new president well into the night of the scheduled inauguration, eventually giving in to hundreds of protesters by Arevalo's supporters. While the seating of Arevalo does represent some hope in resisting the slide into authoritarianism seen throughout the region, it does seem unlikely he will be able to accomplish much during his term. The seed movement party, of which he's the leader, has very little support in Guatemala's right-wing dominated Congress. He is also expected to continue to face challenges from Maria Porras, the attorney general, which attempted to disqualify him, who so far has declined to resign from her position, which she was elected to hold until 2026. Now, how about we uh, end our new segments uh, with one more story from our friend Mule and and. Going on, Myanmar. In Myanmar, despite efforts by China to negotiate a ceasefire, the Arakan army rebels have seized the town of Paletwa. Now, totally 42 urban centers are under rebel control. The Arakan army, an armed rebel group which formed in opposition to the military junta known as the Tatmadaw during the Rohingya genocide, has seized control of Paletwa, a town in western Myanmar. Uh, this marks the 42nd urban center now liberated from the Tatmadaw, up from only about 
a dozen three months ago. Last month, after fighting in Lokai in the Kokang self-administered zone in eastern Myanmar led to a stray shell crossing the Chinese border. Beijing mediated ceasefire negotiations in Myanmar, although similar ceasefire agreements have fallen apart in the past. Mao Ning, uh, spokesperson for the Chinese Foreign Ministry, said last week that both sides pledged not to compromise the safety of Chinese border residents and Chinese personnel in Myanmar. Maintaining the momentum of ceasefire and peace talks in northern Myanmar is in line with the interests of all parties in Myanmar and also helps to maintain peace and stability at the border. Despite the ceasefire, the Arakan army and their fellow rebel groups continue to seize territory from the Tatmadar Paletwa is reported to be strategically significant as it sits on a major trade route. So we will keep you updated as to the rebellion in uh, Myanmar. It's uh, in- incredibly interesting, incredibly based in a, in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, stay tuned to Red Planet for updates on that. Speaking of Red Planet, don't forget, we are a show and this show is funded by our wonderful supporters on Patreon. We want to remind everyone that Red Planet is made possible by the direct support of our viewers. Go to patreon.com forward slash red underscore planet to support us there. There are many options which we will be going through um, later on at the end of the show. But for now, uh, it is time for us to introduce our guest. Um, As we have discussed many times on the show, the current um, big topic um, surrounding activism, surrounding revolutions, surrounding uh, any kind of left-wing organizing is Palestine, the genocide going on in Gaza. And there are many, many actionists who are taking part in direct action. We've reported on a bunch of them on the show doing things such as uh, stopping weapon uh, trade ships from, uh, you know, getting up the Red Sea, uh, you know, stopping them from leaving port in places in America um, and a lot of places in the UK. Um, I've actually been witnessing actions from members of Palestine Action. We have indeed spoken to uh, Huda Amori uh, on the show before. Uh, I think it was one of the first ever shows that we did. And today we're going to be speaking to Drew, uh, who helped shut down Fisher German, uh, a corporate landlord's support of Elbit Systems. Drew, thank you so much for joining us. I know that you just connect into audio, so I'll give you a little sec. And you should be with us. Hi, Drew. How's it going? Sorry, yeah, I'm good. How's it going? You okay? Yeah, all good. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's an absolute pleasure uh, to have you on the show. So why don't we start by you just telling us um, a little bit about what you were sort of wanting to take part in when you did the action against Fisher German. Like, what what was... Well... Just say it in your own words, really. What was going through your mind? What was the what was the aim of the game? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, first off, thank you very much for having me. Um, yeah, I um, so Fisher German is 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 the, basically a company that rents out buildings and spaces for anyone that doesn't know to um, to to other companies, um, and they were renting out spaces to um, to a company called Elbert Systems. Um, and Elbert Systems, again, for anyone that doesn't know, is a company that is all over the world. It's 85% Israeli owned. Um, and there's about eight sites in the UK that are currently running. 
Um, in them sites, they make weapons, artillery, um, kind of components that go into into weapons that are then used um, against Palestinians in Palestine and other oppressive regimes. Um, so, being aware that this was a target, um, we were kind of um, it, things of. Obviously, since the, um, I mean, th- this has been happening, as I'm sure you've heard, as people know, for 75 years now. Do you know what I mean? This didn't start on the 8th of October. However, um, since the 8th of October, things have obviously heated up in, in every kind of sector, including, including the campaign that I'm involved with Palestine Action. Um, and, um, you know, there was other groups in Manchester, which is where the Fisher German building was that were kind of targeting Fisher German, um, and we were doing like um, occupations, like walking into the building and kind of going into the lobby and chanting and stuff and kind of doing a sit-in. We'd done petitions. We'd done walk past with thousands of people chanting outside, literally thousands. Um, but it kind of got to a point of like, we need something extra. Like there needs to be like this extra kind of push on this because something's not um they're they're you know the pressure's there but not quite enough and we need to shake it. Um so started looking at the building as as kind of you know what could I kind of do um direct action wise and fortunately it's quite it was quite good um, like aesthetically it was there's a ledge right at the front of the building um it was easy enough with a set of ladders to to get onto um and I just kind of thought, you know, this is a really easy action. Um, I'm part of a crew that live in Manchester and um, like the squatting scene. So I'm in Manchester anyway. Um, there's a massive support network um, in, in terms of like Palestinian support, solidarity, resistance within that area. Um, and so it's really easy to kind of do as well in terms of organising. So I just thought, why not? So, yeah, got, got a set of ladders um, a little pair of telescopic ones and put a builder's hat on and um, a high vis to try and kind of blend in and um, yeah just 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 went down at like six o'clock in the morning and shimmied up on top of the roof um, Balls in simple as that yeah <laughs> and so this and this is something that like you decided to do just because you realized just how easy it was. I know there were a lot of calls because I'm also part of like activism networks in Manchester. There were so many calls for people to do actions surrounding Fisher German. So this was something that you would just thought, sack it, I'm going to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, and the the consequences are high, like, do you know what I mean? But also it's kind of like, there's so much frustration inside of like, oh, we can't just keep, keep marching do you know what I mean and the marching and everything else and the petitioning and the lobbying and the vigils and the demos everything is needed it's all part of a massive umbrella like I'm not shunning that kind of thing but um, we need the direct action as well and I feel and it's not like a a grandiose thing of you know I was needed you know because there's loads of people stepping up it's just on that particular day I just thought you know what like this this needs a little bit more yeah a bit more of a bit more chaos really (laughs) and Talk us through your, um, I guess, like thoughts and feelings, because of course, like you say, it is, uh, there are consequences for doing something like this. Like, I don't know what the exact, like, uh, you know, charges would be for doing something like that. I imagine trespassing, uh, you know, all this kind of nonsense, but, uh, you know, in your head, like what, what were you thinking in terms of like, you know, the risks associated with it and the broader picture thinking globally, 
with regards to what's going on in Gaza? Yeah, I think so. There, there was no, there was no feeling of of should I be doing this in in my head. It was like, yes, this is what I should be doing because I'm still here. So this is what I should be doing, kind of thing. This is the right choice. Um, but there's there's always that uh, you know that overriding fear, and I think because of a history um, of of criminal activity, you know, protesting and stuff. Uh, the bar's always raised when you get before the judge. Um, and I think, you know, there's a few of us, um, you know, good comrades of mine has just got out of prison um, who are getting to that point now where, where that's going to happen. Um, so that was definitely in the back of my mind because I know that, as I say, you know, whatever, you know, my get-out-of-jail-free cards are definitely run out by now. So that that was a fear, definitely. Um, but, the, you know, that willingness to, to need something to do kind of overrides that. Yeah, it, it's definitely a case of, at this point, well, you know, imagine if you was in Gaza. Imagine if you were there and what they're going through compared to, like, even like a spell in prison, a spell in pen would suck for sure. It would be crap. But comparatively, based on the effect that you might have from doing something like this, I can see why actually, uh, broadly speaking, it was um, something you were, a risk you were prepared to take. So um, just sort of like uh, uh, give us a bit of a, a history of your like, you know, um, Palestine action support and like, you know, what what kind of like got you into wanting to, to do stuff for Palestine Action particularly, because we've spoken to Huda Amori on the show uh, two years ago. It was kind of one of our first uh, ever, ever, uh, uh, you know, episodes, definitely our first one about Palestine. Um, and, uh, you know, she told us a little bit about that, but just give our, our, our audience a bit of a refresher about like, you know, Palestine Action as a whole, like what you wanted to do in, in getting involved and do stuff with them. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the, 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 the beginning was for me was that I was involved in environmental stuff um, and kind of HS2 and stuff like that, direct action. Um, and then a group of us from Extinction Rebellion. Um, not, I'm not with them anymore, but I was a couple of years ago. And then in that period, I was with XR North and, we, and they asked me, um, some people asked me, some, um, did I want to do a kind of collaboration action? with Palestine Action at the Oldham factory um, in Manchester. And that's how it kind of spawned. I went to, uh, I didn't know, three years ago, I didn't know anything about Palestine. Um, in, I, I didn't, I knew Palestine, do you know what I mean? But I didn't know anything about it. Extremely naive, really kind of grew up in that box, that Western box. Um, and <clears throat> I, um, yeah, I went to a workshop and I was blown away. I was blown away first for the fact that I didn't know anything about any of this, but I was more blown away that there was factories in the UK operating that were making these weapons. And 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 that that was what really stuck with me after that workshop. So there was no question in my mind from then, it would, yeah, this was this was the right thing to do. Um so I looked more about Palestine um and I read books, I read some Noam Chomsky and stuff like that. And then I started looking at Palestine action and as a campaign. And and you know what 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 they've done in well what they did by the point I joined them kind of thing in such a small amount of time was just was just crazy. Having been at HS2 and and XR and stuff like that and seeing the gains that you do get and don't get. Pal Action is on another level. Like they are literally in such a short amount of time, they've done so much, and it's not like shit on other campaigns. It's just a matter of fact. You know what I mean? Um, and then, 
yeah, you know, they, 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 they're, they're on it. They, they're fresh. They keep things moving. Um, and the part of the campaign, uh, you know, there's, there's now eight sites in the UK. Uh, there was, there was 10 sites. Um, you know, we, we shut all of them down, um, over a series of actions. We shut the headquarters down. Um, you know, we've obviously we shut Fisher German down. And um, there's a marketing company that, you know, we, we shut them down. We've had companies email us directly and say, okay, that's it. We're done. We're out. Um, you know, we, you know, we, we accept your demands. Whoever made that, them demands, obviously, alleged demands. Um, but yeah, you know, um, amazing stuff in such a short amount of time. And that's what attracted me to it as a campaign because I thought, like, this is a group that is, is doing stuff and getting stuff done. And I want to be part of that. Um, and that's kind of how, how it's formed for me. Um, yeah. It's um, it's it's definitely when you hear about like the literally the first time I heard about it was like two years ago when we spoke to Huda and uh, yeah, you hear about the actual like direct action and it's, you know, it's nonviolent. It's based in sabotage. It's based in uh, occupation and, and stuff like that. And, you know, these are things that don't hurt people. Um, you know, they are, are like not even arguably, but provably are actually like stopping people from being harmed. Um, so that's why it's such a, 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 you know, very sort of like morally easy thing to get involved with um it's quite clearly as you say like the correct thing to do um and yeah i think uh, so talk to us a bit about how you you know your actual like action that you did with fisher german that was with a means to correct me if i'm wrong uh die you know force and coerce fisher german to divest uh from actually providing uh, buildings to to rent for for elbit right mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah. yeah that 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 was the that was the point um yeah to kind of to to pressure them for, from every, every angle um and if for me if i'm in manchester and they're there then that's where i am kind of thing um and it was yeah it it, it was the point for me was to get in there to get on there um, and to cause as much disruption as it could. Um, typically, this destruction is is also our aim. Um, but you know, I, I'll, I'll I'm you know I'm going to be honest and say that before the action, I wanted to do it in a way that I could do it and hopefully sit here today and chat to you. Um, you know, and I felt that I could do what I wanted to do without smashing all the windows on that particular day. Um, which is why I, I didn't, um, you know, um, intend to cause criminal damage anyway. Falls in. And in terms of like the actual effects of your action, um, I did hear that, that Fisher German actually dropped Elbit. Is that true? Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. That was- and do you know any of the details about that? Did they quote Palestine action or your action in any of the, the, the sort of press releases or statements surrounding that? Yeah. I mean, I guess oh, what I can definitely say is that an, an email was sent um, to, to say that um, they are no longer um, basically working with Elbert. Um, and it, very little was said. And that's that's quite common because I guess these companies don't want to get into a, you know, get down the rabbit hole and open a can of worms. Um, but yeah, the main the main words were there, which is that they're, they're done. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that you know this is like a, a a sort of like fantastic like propaganda of the deed I think for uh you know our audience. Um, the main aim of this show I, I know that I just sort of like messaged you out of the blue with our mutual comrade contact, but like you know the aim of the show is to sort of like 
do that propaganda of the deed and, and speak to activists and actionists who've done stuff like this that have had tangible results. You know, like this is this, you know, you may um if you're watching this and you may think well what has this achieved they're just going to find another landlord they're just going to find another place they're a multi-million pound whatever like the the amount of stress for them to actually like do this it's a spanner in the works and palestine action like you say are, are doing so much at the minute and they've had so much planned and they've they've thrown so many spanners into so many different parts of the machine that it is unquestionably um you know having a, a, a massive tangible effect on Elbit systems and the way that they operate. You know, the fact that two factories have been shut down, two factories have been shut down in the time that they've been uh, organizing and all these other companies have been divesting, uh, you know, from supporting Elbit systems uh, speaks to the actual, as you say, like it's, it's, it's the real deal what they're doing. Uh, not to mention that it gets Elbit systems on the map, of, like very visibly as, as, as being a participant in genocide, like, I care about Palestine, but I didn't know specifically it was Elbit until we had someone from Pal Action on the show. Um, I didn't know how significant Elbit was in that. And I also didn't know how accessible these factories are, not just Elbit, but you start to wonder, like, where are these factories actually? Sometimes it always feels like they're just over there. And the bad things are happening over there and they and they're really upsetting. So you're gonna do whatever you can over here, but there's never any real connection. Um, and like you were talking about before with like protests and things like that, these are all necessary things to do, but they're not actually directly doing anything. <laughs> so to know that there is a direct connection that we that we can actually like reach out and touch the actual building in your neighborhood that is creating the weapons that are massacring children. And this is the name of that building. This is the name of the company. And this is what you can do about it. I think it's extremely powerful and 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 does propagandize um, the reality of, of what's going on. And into more to that, I was wondering if, if of course, um, get, if if you're comfortable, for those of us who are not as familiar with what Palestine Action is, um, could you give us a little bit of a of a description as to what kind of direct actions are being taken? Because you talked about before about like breaking windows and things like that, and how you didn't want to get involved in that. Um, if, of course, given your comfort level, if you're willing to to discuss those things with us. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, PAL Action is is, is a direct action um, a, a campaign. I never really know what to call it, but you could say campaign, um, group organization, if you like. Um, and our, um, my, as someone who's in Palestine Action, our kind of main aim is to target Elbert Systems um, and to get them out of the UK Um but, you know, having said that, we've recently seen PAL action groups pop up now uh, across the world, which is, is mad. Um, so we're seeing, like, uh, France, uh, Canada, America, Italy, um, all these other countries now uh, popping up and starting to make form their own Palestine action groups and target elder systems in their country as well, which is, like, huge. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as Palestine Action, what we do is we target the weapons companies. And when I say target, we um, we go in uh, hard. We break the windows. We smash up equipment. We smash up vehicles. We pour paint. Uh, we fill fire extinguishers with red paint um, and gas them. And then we blast them all over the windows, um, smash windows and throw flares through. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm not inciting anyone to go and do that stuff because that would be that would be silly no, these are these are bad things we're telling you what not to do <laughs> yeah 
But, you know, I can, I, I always find that, you know, public domain, I can speak about what's on the Instagram page. Do you know what I mean? Um, and, and tell you kind of that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, I, you know, we're, we're open. We don't hide behind masks. We don't, we don't kind of hide who we are. We stand up proud and we say why we're there and, and we don't ask, um, if we can go, we just go. Um, and yeah, we, you know, we, we, we don't stop. We, we do it once and then we go back and we go back and we go back and we go back. Um, and yeah, it's fun. You know, things get creative. You get, you know, just last week I, I seen that there was four people, five, four or five people. Um, and the youngest one was 60. The eldest one was 81. Um, and they locked on to each other on a load of tubes in the freezing cold. Um, you know, we've got people who've, who've popped out the top of vans, uh, drove through the gates. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty heavy stuff. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, we, we, we've, we've had many people in prison, you know what I mean? Like people, people are doing good, good deeds, definitely. But it should be noted that none of these actions actually harm any people. Um, so it's always remarkable that anyone really have a moral issue with, um, like beyond just oh it's a pain and oh we need to replace that in money it, it, it is interesting how anyone could twist the actions of Palestine action into being some sort of immoral act when in actuality you are sabotaging genocide factories yeah I mean yeah we got I get labeled every day as an anti-semite which you know I'm not join the club um, <laughs> I get, you know I get, um, oh. I get that every day you know I get a lot of hate but you know don't read the hate but my point is that you know, yeah, we get people. People will look at us and say, you know, we're terrorists, we're anarchists, we're, you know, jumping on the bandwagon. We're just we just like you know crazy shit, and we're just jumping into the next thing. But I think those people at the back of the mind are just like you know they're like the climate deniers and the rest of them. They know at the end, you know, the capitalists that they know they know what's going on, and I think that drives. They don't them. believe their bullshit. I don't yeah, think they believe it. Is what yeah. I was meant to say exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I should say that you've been called a terrorist. I Twitch banned me for terrorism. Mule, what's going on with you? Yeah, I've somehow escaped it, uh, but I did get disowned by my Jewish family. So okay. uh, that's that's one thing. Yeah, being called a, a disgusting anti-Semite. I'm never going to speak to you again, Rita. Oh, um, uh, you know, that's that's my sacrifice for doing what I believe is the, the right thing to do, which is to to use my means of communication to talk about this stuff. So I think, you know, we, we all um, have some kind of like, you know, rep- what's the word, um, repercussion for, for for doing this stuff, for talking about it, for doing actions, for, uh, you know, broadcasting the actual truth and the reality of what's going on. Um, <clears throat> but I think at the end of the day, again, it's like compared to what people are going through in Gaza and right. the West Bank, uh, completely... Uh, it, not, it doesn't even compare. It doesn't even compare. You know, we spoke about a lot of the stuff that was, uh, uh, you know, that's been happening recently. Um, you know, earlier in the show, you know, that doctor that had to like literally, you know, watch his own kid die because there was no anesthetic to, to, to amputate. You know, she needed amputation. Just like absolutely, like how could you even begin to, to comprehend uh, how that feels um so yeah i think uh, just bringing it back to to, to pal action and, uh, and 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 what's going what's going on um there was like a question that i wanted to ask and it's sort of like surrounding um you because again like this is this is sort of our platform to say to people um you know here's an activist 
uh, here's what they've done, here's how they got interested in it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so you mentioned that you, you know, started off with uh, Extinction Rebellion, HS2 stuff. Um, what what kind of like was the, I guess, politicizing moment where you said, uh, it's time to do stuff. I, I've got to actually do stuff. Yeah, I mean, I guess like, um, yeah, you could call HS2 my training ground. Um I had done, I was with XR and then I went to HS2 and, you know, we lived in the woods, we dug tunnels and it, it, there was a lot, you know, lived in trees and it was all very mad, but I learned lots and I, and I met lots of good people and learned lots of good things, shall we say. Um, and yeah, you know, I'd done actions and that kind of got me prepared, I guess, without even knowing it for PAL action, if you like, um, a springboard or, or whatever you want to call it. Um, and then I kind of was involved with both, HS2 and PAL action, um, and then and then slowly kind of drifted away from from. I mean, my heart is still with the campaign, um, and and I and I'm very much you know an environmentalist. You know, I'm I'm devastatingly concerned about the future of our climate, and and, and but um, this just this just took yeah took over, but not. I took over it. It wasn't like a, a negative thing. It's just something I, I find that if I get, if I'm on something, I, I give it me all. And I find that it just kind of naturally progressed that I went over to PAL action. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, if you're comfortable with answering this question, then uh, could you tell us a little bit about like what kind of ramifications were, you know, brought against you by the state as a result of your action? Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, I mean, like I, I've been arrested like I don't know a couple of handfuls of time in the last couple of years, um, and it's the, the stuff that I've been arrested. I mean, say I was thinking about this earlier. Um, you know, saying like a two decade period, um, I was you know ar- arrested for quite a bit of things, you know, and, and, and you know, uh, protesting stuff, XR stuff, HS2 stuff. And part of me, although I, I hate the state and the law and capitalism, I think, well, yeah, you know, I did do it and I knew I was going to get nicked. But the amount of times that this, uh, this, the difference in the state now being in pal action and, 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 and being pro Palestinian, you know, um, is, 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 and is so different. Um, you know, there's, I've been arrested like a few times now. I'm, I'm currently suing Staffordshire Police, the superintendent, because they, they've arrested me. I've, I've been arrested for conspiring to commit criminal damage. Um, and that's basically, they, they can say that to anyone. They, they could say the three of us. If someone now said, right, that those three were having a meeting about doing ABC. Um, you know, then the police just go, right, we're going to nick you for conspiracy. And that then gives right. them the license to give you bail conditions, to take your laptop, take your phone. Um, and it's like um, seek and destroy kind of tactics, you know? Yeah, it's, it, it's quite clearly a, you know, demonstration of state power, just basically like going to support the the uh you know the oppressed people of of Gaza like anyone in the imperial periphery really any 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 kind of like you know oppressed people out there and then all of a sudden you are just like the worst in the eyes of the state and and it comes down on you like in in such a different way like you say um you know i i imagine that the reason that like maybe doing stuff with extinction rebellion and hs2 was like less 
punitive was because it's like, oh, these are just hippies in the woods. These are just hippies in the street that, you know, it's whatever, like uh, the climate change, like even cops, like despite how disgusting and awful cops are just as an institution, know that the world's ending. Like, you know, there's probably some climate denier cops. I'm not fucking denying that whatsoever. But like, you know, broadly speaking, they probably have a little bit more empathy for you. But when it comes to, um, you know, uh, actually like supporting someone supporting a group of people who are like not just like being genocided right now but historically oppressed and the manufacturing of consent machine you know as you, as you mentioned chomsky is so overwhelmingly in favor of israel um then of course it's going to be like you're the, the the worst person ever like i can't let, like look at this uh, uh, actual terrorist like you know sitting on top of a roof can you believe it like the most violent uh <laughs> acts of sabotage in the history of humanity um you know it's 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 a bit of a joke I think the thing is as well, you know, to support, I don't believe this, but, you know, this is the way it, it, it's viewed at the moment, is to support Palestine, uh, you have to question the state. Um, I don't think you can really support Palestine and not question the, the state and, and yeah. hang on a sec, what's going on here? Why why um, why is this happening? Why has this happened? What happened? Um, and I think that's the, that's the, you know, the reason that the state is so against kind of that support for Palestine is that, that I think they're frightened. And that's why I see like a uh, freedom of Palestine, uh, free Palestine is like a free humanity. Like it is so central to us, everyone's fight. It is so representative of everyone's fight. You know, they're, they're the, the, just you, it's one of the things that I've seen even more these days is the sharpening of contradictions of like what people are telling you or what the system keeps telling you the system is, what the system tells you the system uh, uh, represents is fighting for. And then you see what it actually is and what it actually fights for and what it actually, who it actually protects. And that those sharpening of contradictions is, is so profound when it comes to Palestine. And so a free Palestine is a free, is free, you know, freedom for all of us, really. Yeah. And I think um, it, it's such an interesting um, situation where, like, you know, Israel is clearly losing the propaganda war. And we've spoken about this. We literally spoke about this stuff an hour ago, but it's, it bears repeating anyway. I think it bears repeating until we're sick of repeating it. Um, but they, they are losing the propaganda war to the point where, like, you know, even a lot of conservatives are just like, maybe this should be a ceasefire. You know, like maybe this should be a ceasefire. I don't know any other details, but they should stop killing people. Um, and so it's like, you, you have this like amazing, um, bizarre reality where 71% of people, I think it is in the UK, um, you know, want a ceasefire. That's like an overwhelming majority. Like forget Brexit with its like minute, uh, you know, voter margin or whatever. This is like the, the, the entire majority of the UK, the entire majority of the US, like pretty much everybody in Europe, uh, you know, they want a ceasefire. They see what's going on. It's so clear what's happening in, in, in uh, with the propaganda coming from Israel because, you know, they, they've become unhinged. They've become, this is, this is what they've always wanted. They've wanted an excuse to just completely obliterate Gaza and the West Bank. That's, you know, that's just the, the beginning of their plan. You know, you think about like the broader map of Israel 
Israel that Netanyahu showed the UN where he's like, yeah, we want greater Israel. We want like all of Jordan. We want this bit of Egypt. We want this bit of Sudan. We want Syria. We want fucking Lebanon, you know, all this stuff. And now it's got to the point where everybody knows this shit. Like pretty much everybody is like, yeah, these guys are not the good guys. Even my boomer mom is like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I, well, it, it, I think, it, I, you know, talking about, like, you know, my, my, my Jewish family, like, you know, uh, disowning me, like, it was, uh, my step, my stepsister, my stepbrother, and my, and my younger stepbrother. Uh, but my stepdad, uh, you know, he, he wasn't even like that arsed because he knew, he knows how politicized I am about this stuff. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't about to bring it up because he knows it's a waste of time. So even he, and he's an unapologetic Zionist, you know, uh, uh, to the point where it's like any kind of conversation with him would just lead to me getting irate and leaving the room. Um, but it, it, it kind of like says just how broad people are understanding this. And, you know, the state is doing absolutely everything it can um, to, to, stop any kind of, uh, uh, I guess, support for Palestine, actions that support Palestine, direct actions that are, you know, having a tangible effect on what's going on there. Um, so, you know, in terms of like, and again, if, if you're comfortable with telling us this, Drew, uh, you know, what, like, what is the, the legal sort of like path looking like for you at the minute? Like, is, is, is there charges against you? Have these charges been dropped? What's, what's happening? I mean, if I'm honest, I'm, I'm, I'm going to prison. I mean, I, I've I've made me bed with that one. I know that it's going to happen, and it's not like it's the last thing that I want. It's the last thing that I feel is is a, is a good strategy. I don't believe in 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 you know. I do believe in civil disobedience, but I don't believe in in bodies being in prison right now. You know, you know, people need to be out doing stuff, and 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 you know, what can I do from in a prison cell except for for you know, be locked up by the state. Um, but I do, I've also had to come, you know, I've been told by my solicitor that it's very likely, you know, that um, I could get a custodial sentence um, for the Oldham action um, because of all the previous stuff, again, from like HS2, XR, arrest there and stuff. Um, and then just after this action, um, I was arrested um, obviously, at, at, you know, at the, the scene, once I got down from the roof, I was nicked, taken to the station and then told that I was being remanded, um, which was quite a shock um, because I've been arrested a lot and that's never happened before. Um, and, you know, I had like, you know, the, the prison officer came into the cell and with the handcuff on their arm and handcuffed themselves to me and took me away in the van. And it was all a bit like, wow, this is happening. You know, this is real now. Um, and I went to court um, and, you know, it was the first time I'm, I'm with a great, you know, my solicitors, Liz, our solicitors, brilliant Manchester protest solicitors and lots of experience. And it was the first time I'd seen a con- bit of concern on my solicitor's face, you know, and, it, and I thought, shit, like this is, I did, you know, because I kind of said, you know, um, I remember like, you know, through the glass thing, um, you know, they, I was allowed to go and see the solicitor in the court and they've got like these glass rooms and um, she kind of said, you know, is there anything else you want? And I just said, just please get me out of here. Do you know what I mean? Um, and she said, I'll I'll try my damnedest. And it was the first time that I kind of seen and I, and I thought, shit. And then, you know, I went up to the court and the judge um, 
was was very was um yeah she she was a bitch like, just there's no other way of putting it she was a cow um and she's known for that um and she was yeah she was shouting at me telling me you know if I see your face again um I'll remember your face and I'm gonna send you to prison um so there's no doubt in my mind you know um I keep a book and a, and my prescription and tablets by the front door um in a bag always um so that if the police bust then I can at least say can I have my tablets and my book um you know I have backup plans with friends in case I get remanded because it's not about what you've done it's what about they say you're going to do or what they say yeah. you've done you know this is the issue we've got the, the, the it's corrupt as fuck you know my own solicitor oh, yeah. told me not to use independent police complaints because you know and all the rest of it um so yeah you know the, the state is the state and and the, the police as you know are the state's kind of dogs um and and um yeah it's it is what it is it's part part of the part of the thing you know and for the record you have to make all these uh plans and you have to have all these fears because you are trying to stop genocide just to be clear this isn't because you're trying to steal from a sweet family or 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 you know harm you're not you're not harming any bodies you are trying to stop for and you are succeeding in stopping further bloodshed directly like i can't tell you how many times i've seen pals uh pal action shouted out on telegram by like the resistance network like you're actually making a difference and that's what you're that's what the state is trying to crack down on it's not actually harming people you're helping people yeah just make it clear to everyone yeah it's not long they're gonna they're gonna you know a lot i think we're gonna see a lot you know we've seen a lot with the with the police crimes and sentences bill um kind of all these new laws and acts and and regulations just kind of came out of nowhere and and are now the the policy right um and i think this year is going to be worse i think i i predict that we're going to see um groups such as ours uh, probably banned um as extremist groups um i i mean i don't predict i, I know it do you know what i mean it's not like yeah it's quite clearly something that's going to happen because you know the the we are part of the imperial core the imperial core needs to maintain that white western hegemony across the world uh you know palestine and the, the genocide of palestinians is, is part of that um you know and i think this again highlights uh to our audience you know the need for prison abolition the need to support prisoners because um you know it's it's never actually um you know rapists pedophiles um murderers who are put in prison it's it's 90 percent like uh, uh you know working class people uh political actionists political activists um you know it's just it's a way to institutionalize people to keep this sort of farce of a of a, of a prison system going you know prison exists as a threat to the working class to stay in line um but then you know you get people like fucking donald trump who were just you know clearly clearly breaking the law multiple times uh he's obviously a pedophile he's obviously a rapist and he's still out he's still doing it he's going to run for president again mm. um so you know again chat like you know we're, we're literally talking to someone who is you know uh potentially a victim of that kind of uh, uh state repression against 
you know, people who stand up and say, actually, I'd like things to be less violent. Um, and, and the state responds in turn with violence. Uh, I should also you know. note that this is the inevitable, this is also what the inevitably happens when the state prevents uh, or, or does not participate in trying to stop the thing when the state, when the people overwhelmingly, like you're saying, upwards of 70 percent of people in, um, in England are are demanding a ceasefire. Their so-called representatives are not responding. The state itself is not taking uh, initiative in and in, in seeing the obvious humanitarian reality of trying to stop the genocide and how that's important. None of these things are happening Oh, what is the expectation here? The expectation is that people just go, okay, like necessarily there will be people taking the matter into their own hands to stop it. So this isn't just you not to take away your credit or to take away the credit of Palestine action, but to say that this isn't like an idea that the Palestine action has that, that isn't in an inevitability of the political circumstances and the state knows this the state knows when you create no opportunity for people to go within the, the the system to stop a thing from occurring which i think everyone can agree that's the preferred method like i don't think right. you're trying to put yourself at risk here you would rather not put yourself at risk oh, you're taking the you're taking the opportunity to put yourself at risk though because that's the inevitable that's that's the inevitable reality of when the system makes it impossible to work within it to stop the obviously horrible thing called genocide. Um, yeah. Just, and, and so the, the state knows this and they're going to crack down even harder because it has, it, it's not a sustainable system. Capitalism, imperialism, right. none of these things are sustainable. None of these things look at the long term for humanity. They just think, I want my profits. I want my power. I'm going to just keep cracking down, even if it clearly leads to more unrest, more civil disobedience. But. Right. They they can't lock us all up. This is the thing. And, and um, yeah, it's just like, you know, in terms of, in terms of you explaining to us, I thought against doing any kind of vandalizing or criminal damage to, to this, uh, you know, uh, landlord to be clear, this, this wasn't even the weapons factory. This was the landlord of the weapons factory mm -hmm. uh, and Drew decided to not do any vandalism. Now, could you imagine um, how incredibly, uh, you know, hard they would have gone if you'd have, you know, gone, gone with something, you know, not similar to, <laughs> not similar to what you did, like uh, similar to what you described, you went against it's uh, and, and, you know, the, we, we've seen other examples of this in terms of like this sort of conspiring thing like this, uh, you know, um, the police now saying, oh, well, you're conspiring to do stuff. Um, and, and it's a joke, really, in it, because it's like, well, anyone can conspire to do a thing. Uh, you know, how possible it is that that person is going to do a thing and what's the harm related to that? Um, you know, when the harm turns out to be profits, like if you're going to harm profits and you're going to harm, uh, you know, actual genocide happening, uh, then it becomes clear where the state's interests uh, lie so i think um what i want to ask you is is a bit more about like the um the other kind of actions that you've had because i think it's important to get an an an, an insight into the way that the law responds to this kind of thing because you said that you're more worried about the charges from what went on in oldham rather than this actual fisher german stuff in 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 the thing that could be sending you to prison do you want to elaborate a bit more on that yeah, I guess it's more about, I guess, 
for me, Oldham is kind of like where where it started with pal action, and then you know people people come and they'll you know like say yourself, you may come, you may do an action with 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 pal action, and then that may be that, but then you may decide you want to do another action or you want to do this, you know, put posters or whatever, you know. Um, I'll be brief on that one, but you get what I'm saying. Um, you know, basically people stay around. And that's what I did. Um, you know, I, I'd done the olden thing and I, and I carried on getting involved. And then I, I was arrested for, for, for the olden. It was like trespassing and it was criminal damage. We smashed all the windows, covered it in paint. Um, and then we done, you know, I was then arrested for conspiracy. Um, when we were in like a woodland camp opposite another factory. Um, and then I was arrested for conspiracy again. Um, so like, with the other arrest, I think it, I think I may be on number like fifteen now or something like that. Um, I've lost count to be honest. That's not like a grand again. And I, I don't think like yes, fifteen. Do you know what I mean? You know, a, a handful of them were from when I was younger. You know, young idiot, whatever, drunk. Um, and then you know the, there was a big gap, and then the you know the next chunk is kind of activism. Kind of, I got involved in a lot of that. Well, it's a good it's a good example of how like you know you, you how how easy it is to get arrested for like doing simple actions, kind of thing. I guess, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it is, it is. And but then you know also, I don't sit here every night thinking, gosh, you know, I'm aware. Yeah, okay, I could get nicked. Do you know what I mean? Because this is the state, all of us, anyone, that's, that's what the state wants. If the state wants you, they'll come and get you. Um, yeah. And and I think it's important not to, I don't walk around looking over my shoulder. I don't think MI5 are following me. I don't, you, do you know what I mean? I, I, I also try and keep it real and just be like, you know, every day is important no matter what, not just because you might get nicked by some corrupt police force. Um, so I just, I just stay prepared and, you know, I, you, there's lots that people can do without getting arrested you know there's, yeah. there's, there's lots um it's not all about kind of the accountable stuff you know there's, there's stuff people can do definitely course course um so yeah like so so completely like um just just absolutely farcical like it always just highlights to me just how much of a lie that we're sold when we're growing up like we're always told yeah you know if you're bad you'll go to prison if you do naughty stuff you'll go to prison like oh well what is naughty stuff oh naughty stuff is the law like if you break the law and then you know you get a bit older and you go well hang on a minute like you know I, I smoke a bit of weed and that's fine. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not hurting anyone. If anything, it's hurting myself. So why should I be locked up for that? Um, and then you start to understand actually, well, you know, morals overtake what is law, what is legal. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, like myself, you, you speak to prison abolitionists and you realize, oh, actually, you know, you could just do nothing your entire life and the coppers could just turn up and put you away forever, you know, just based on like, they don't like you, you know, it's just one of these, like this, this, this is actually how the quote unquote system works. I'm loath to call it a system because it's not, it's so it's, it's literally just like a big gang and they don't give a fuck. They'll just do what they want. They're, they're unaccountable actually, um, to, to the way that they, um, you know, 
operate. It was really interesting what you said about like uh, police reports. So I don't know if you want to like talk a bit about like why your solicitor told you not to do these independent police report things. Is that like is that like a complaint process where you're complaining about the way you've been treated by police, or is, have I misunderstood that? Yeah, so I mean, you know, in, in short, if 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 you feel that you've been wrongly arrested or treated by the police, and you wanna you wanna like sue the police, um, like I said, it's it's classed as like a civil claim, um, and there's there's different types of solicitors that deal with different type of things, um, and I went to a civil claim solicitor who's they're in London, sole purposes to kind of, uh, to, you know, claims against the police, and and the first thing that I was I was told by this particular solicitor was. There's no point. You can go, you know, you can use us and also go through the police's own independent uh, complaints kind of system. Um, but we advise it's pointless because it's a it's a independent police complaint system within itself. And it, it's corrupt, basically. Um, you know, it's police officers um, in, investigating police officers, uh, you know, friends of friends. It's it's never it's never going to work, is it? Right. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Again, you know, just just a, a sort of example, like um, uh, of just how much of a joke the the quote unquote system is. And uh, you know, if this if this sounds like repetitive and, and basic uh, to some people who are listening, then you know, I, I, you have to understand there are some people who might just be listening to this might be the first show, um, and they don't understand just how much of a, a, a you know an absolute farce uh, any kind of like. I don't know, legal prison system, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, does for justice, so-called justice in, in any of our countries, the US, the UK, Europe, wherever you are in the world, it, it's 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 a joke. Um, so, yeah, so we've talked a little bit about, like, you know, what you, uh, you know, how you started to get involved with Palestine Action and, uh, you know, all the kinds of things that you've been through with them. And... Um, I wonder if you would, uh, you know, want to talk about like, um, I guess like what you would, what you would say to people who want to get involved with Palestine action. I know that there's some questions in the chat, but I think they might be like, uh, a little bit, a little bit different to this, but like, if, you know, if you were to say to someone like getting involved in, you know what, maybe not even Palestine action, maybe just like activism in general, what would your like advice be? What would your, uh, I guess like primer be on, you know, what you would say to them uh, if they were like, yeah, I want to do stuff. Yeah, I say what I always say to people, you know, not always, but if I ever have the opportunity, especially, you know, we do workshops or whatever, um, you know, or speaking of demos and stuff, I think everyone, you know, just do it. I know that's dead simple, but um, you don't need, you don't need any, you can do it on your own is the first thing I'll say. You know, you don't. It's great having support and people with you and all the rest of it, but you, you, you can, you, you yourself can get up and do direct action that day, and it doesn't have to be. You don't have to go and smash up a place. Do you know what I mean? But you can go with a with a draw a placard and go and sit outside Starbucks or McDonald's or Pret and and do the boycott stuff. Go and sit outside. You know the factories. You know, um, go to a talk. Um, I, I'd say that my only regret. With with joining Palestine Action, um, is not joining sooner. Like that's it. <laughs> that's a pretty good, a pretty good, uh, uh, you know, recommendation. Yeah. Um, I know there was some someone in my uh, or some people in my community that were uh, joining the online workshops that Palestine Action holds, which are accessible to everyone. They might be 
the the ones in the UK that they hold are sure they're like specific to the UK. So they're like with particular uh, with respect to like the uh, like laws. But generally speaking, they have some pretty solid uh, recommendations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, um, we, we um, and as well, if people, you know, if we get a group of people, for example, in the States, um, we can facilitate, you know, doing a workshop that's more directed to to kind of the States. And, um, you know, I say we, you know, some people can. <laughs> um, and, you know, we can um, obviously uh, make sure that, that it's in a time zone as well, that, that is cool for people and stuff like that. So, yeah, we can... We can make anything work, but I guess yeah. My 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 advice to people is just it's just you know the internet is 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 a massive resource. Um, you know, do a bit of research. Type you know search Elbit for example. Um, you know the the literally are arms factories um just hidden. Uh, you know everywhere. Um, and it's unbelievable. And it's not arms factories. They're factories that make components or they're factories that have you know, managers and personnel in who, who are inventing these new, you know. And um, it's not even just weapons specifically, like you're saying, like I, I used to live in Seattle and Boeing is a big deal in Seattle and it's always representative as an airplane company to make airplanes. And wow, it's our pride and joy that all these airplanes are what we make. And then I only learned recently that it's actually like a huge weapons manufacturer. Like they make so much, so many weapons that kill Palestinians and so that was like a wake up call and it it and it didn't mean that I just discovered Boeing existed. Yeah, so yeah. sometimes you have to discover that Elbit is a thing, right? And yeah. then you discover that the thing that you always thought, you know, you see everywhere actually has this hidden purpose that you never knew, which is for example, Boeing. Well, it's race is the same. You know? <gasps> is it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, they make components as well. Um, oh my god. And stuff. Yeah, it's, well, did you um ever see the film Nay Passaran? Yeah, it's it's basically about um, I've mentioned it on the show multiple times because it's one of them. Like if you're a leftist, you've got to see it. Um, it, It's basically like factory workers who were unionized in Glasgow. I think it's Kilbride just outside of Glasgow um, in the Rolls Royce factory. And they found out the engines they were going to they were making were being sent to Pinochet's regime in Chile. And they basically went, no, we're not having that. We'll put them out in the in the yard. They'll degrade very rapidly. They won't be able to be used. Um, And they found out, I think, uh, 30, 40 years later, that actually those engines had been used to negotiate the free freeing of political prisoners. Um, so like just that one act of like small solidarity was so important, but yeah, no, they've continued this, this uh, actual like, uh, 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 you know, tradition of, of weapons manufacturing is fucking disgusting. Like you think of Rolls Royce, you think of the posh cars in it, you know, uh, but the, the, there they are making uh, literally death machines. Um but I guess it's like an engine company. So if you take away, this is the issue with capitalism, right? Capitalism boils everything down to brands. Like even if you saw the name Elbit Systems, you would have no, you wouldn't have a fucking clue. You would be like, oh, they make computers or something. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, whatever. But you know, then you you learn what kind of computers, like what kind of 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 things, you know, are being manufactured in these factories. Um, and that's why I think it's it's like really important to point out that like. 
you know, imperialism is the highest form of capitalism for many, many reasons. Um, but like, that's just one example of it. It's literally just like, you know, you, you, you get this like nice, fancy logo, you slap it on like a, a literal genocide factory and boom, you, you're laughing, you know, you just like make that money and it's a lot of money. It really does fuck um, me up to think about this type of branding. Like when you think of like what the IOF is and how there's like all their all their songs and all their other flags and all their and it's just like it is just a bunch of assholes. Like just a bunch of fucking assholes. Uh, and strip everything away. They're just a bunch of assholes. It's just, it's just so much branding <laughs> around it. It's always funny like it, it's always been funny to me ever ever since I knew about Palestine and what was going on uh you know the 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 oppression the genocide everything the nakba and all that like it ju- i just always thought the israeli defense force you've got some fucking balls to call it that you know like what a joke like you know every single thing that they do every offensive into Gaza, every offensive into the west bank it's literally like operation protective edge operation shielding dome it's like bro you are like just you're going in to the place and killing people you're not there's nothing protective about it you're assholes you're a bunch of assholes stop yeah. trying to stop trying to brand yourself otherwise yeah, I've got so many friends who, who, who are Palestinian and, like, just hearing some of the stuff that they... It's unimaginable, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I got one one friend, Faris, who told me that, like, you know, they, that the IDF or IOF, you know, fill up these fire trucks with, with, like, shit from the sewers with these chemicals in it and they spray protesters, not only just to spray them with this horrible stuff, but then they then go around searching the villages to see who's got the stuff on them and those and banging on the doors because they can smell it and see it on. And then those people are then arrested. Like it's, it's crazy. And like trying to, it's really hard because like, you know, I can't say certain things anymore. The state of literally have, have literally barred me from doing and saying certain things. Like, you know, for example, I can't, I can't encourage people to, to join pal action, you know? So, you know, I can't. I can't encourage people to to take direct action for pal action. So I, I'm definitely not telling everyone listening and watching this to join pal action. And I'm definitely not telling everyone to take direct action. No, it's uh, yeah. I think um, again, like you know, I I do want to like think about this more broadly and materially in terms of like the state and how much mon- how much resources they're going to want to um, you know, put towards this because. <laughs> one of my friends has said like on many occasions uh the 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 uk is in a, a really unique situation where they've actually um the government have actually done that vaguely moderate liberal um you know thing that the that, that people want in america which is defund the police they've cut the the you know police funding like subsequently year after year after year less and less police funding um and so yes that does mean a lot more police incompetence but it, it you know that was always going to happen anyway so i don't really see it as like you know oh well that that's a bad thing and you should complain about that but actually you know how much how many resources are they gonna you know dedicate to to this stuff like how much are they going to be able to because the tories have effectively completely run the country into the ground you know you, if you look at the way that a lot of tory talking heads are kind of talking about the upcoming election already and it's like nine uh ten eleven months away um the the blase about it the blase about it not only because keir starmer is a completely ineffective uh you know 
basically a conservative. Like at this point, he's he's, he's right wing by all accounts. Um, but also because they don't care. They've made all the money for them and their rich mates. That they're not bothered. They've looted the country. They've done it for the last thirteen years. So any kind of like actual, uh, you know, state government kind of stuff, it's all basically like very, very centralized and, and, and concentrated at the moment. And they're very focused on this, like, Rwanda thing. They're very focused on this, like, you know, we want this to be our, like, legacy. We want to we want to completely fuck any kind of asylum seekers over uh, so that, you know, the reform party, the far-right parties, they can't, like, you know, uh, say that we're, we're not good enough or whatever. And so it's just such a, like, a weird and unique situation, even when um, we had... Uh, with Great Manchester Tenants Union, we were supporting um, a, a few uh, different anti-gentrification campaigns at the moment. There's Ardwick Stop the Monster, uh, Block the Block, and uh, uh, another one in Fallowfield. They're trying to uh, build up uh, Owens Park, uh, the, the student accommodation there. And, you know, all of that got forced through on Thursday uh, this this last week because uh, the the police came into the public gallery and just like kettled everyone who was basically voicing the opposition to it. And it's like, okay, so, you know, Andy Burnham, he, he loves to talk about, oh yeah, you know, we're going to give the police a lot more money in return. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. You're using the police for this specific stuff and we're not, not seeing it, buddy. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're quite aware of like what's going on here. You know, they took all the committee, the planning committee into another room. They made the decision in there, laying it bare for absolutely everyone, just how corrupt, uh, the entire system is. So it's, it's questionable. Like I, I genuinely like. I'm not sure how much, uh, you know, Britain would last into even a Keir Starmer uh, uh, government because everything is just so shit. And if he's just going to continue austerity, um, I really don't know how effective they're going to be against organizations like Palestine Action if they truly want to, uh, you know, bring them down or like stop them from doing actions and stuff like that. It's like it, it's questionable as to how much power they have. Um, I don't know if either of you two have any thoughts on that in particular. It's just kind of a bit of hopeful thinking that I have um, ab- about this stuff. I do recall, um, and I talked about this a while back, one of the first uh, protests I went to for a Palestine uh, after October 7th. And I remember there was cops everywhere, but then at a certain point there was just no cops. Like, I guess they just like ran out of cops. <laughs> and that was a really... We were just protesting and, and just cars just had to stop on their own. And I guess they just, the cops just stopped showing up and there just were no co- more cops. And it was just a really interesting demonstration of the limits of state power. And like, I think a lot of what the, a lot of what the state is, is an institution that tries to um, portray itself as, as basically a God, like everywhere and, and has no limits, is omnipotence, omnipresence, but it actually is a bunch of dudes. It's a bunch of dudes, and that has a material limit, ultimately. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, material limit. I like that. It's so true. Um, I think, like with the with the police, they they, they their response to this stuff is so interesting. It's devastating, but it's just so interesting because you really do see the true colours of of the state come out. I've seen the true colours of the state. I didn't know anything about. It. I grew up in a town really tunnel vision, 40,000 people outside the city. Didn't know anything about anything, do you know what I mean? Um, and my eyes are open to a point where sometimes I wish they weren't so open now because once you know 
You can't oh no, can you? Do you know what I mean? And I think yeah. that's the issue. I think people are scared. Cops are scared. The state is scared. Individuals are scared because to admit again, like the climate, to admit there's a fucking issue, a big issue. You know, whether it be capitalism, the climate, or Palestine. These are huge things, life-changing, world-changing things. And for someone to say, yeah, you're right, actually, this is an issue, it just completely goes against everything they are before then. And I think, like, this is what we're up against. Yeah, yeah. The the state have a, a huge monopoly on this false consciousness this false consciousness of like um you know climate denial like you say um you know support of genocide uh you know a a, a real focus on like individualist ideas and i'm not you know doing some kind of like i don't know authoritarian communist no one's allowed to have a personality kind of thing i mean truly people are, are focusing on themselves more than uh, you know what's going on around him. Like it's like we were saying before. Like me and Kira were talking in the news, and we, we, I think we, I think we've said this the last two weeks. Where, um, you know, there is a point where if you've watched all the stuff that's going on in Gaza, uh, uh, you know, you you become so incredibly like traumatized by it and it's like you get to a point where it's like you do have to actually step back and go i can't watch this anymore just got to do stuff instead i've got to like do something about it the most that i can um but lots of people don't even remotely come close to that point they just go i don't want to hear about it i know it's bad but i'm not even going to think about it um i'm going to go to the protest i'm going to wear a sign i'm going to take an instagram story or whatever and and that's that and it becomes a very egotistical individualist uh, uh endeavor rather than doing anything remotely good. Uh, and I think that that whole false consciousness, that whole like, uh, uh, you know, individualist attitude is is something that is indeed starting to shatter. Because, you know, the, the more and more that actions from Palestine Action are, you know, broadcast and spoke about, even if it's in a, in, a, in a derogatory fashion, even if it's from state media and they're saying like, these terrorists, these terrorist supporters, sympathizers, blah, 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 you know, uh, we haven't even gotten into the Daily Express nonsense um you know so it, 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 when when people are talking about this stuff and, and and they're shining a light on it even even if it's just like a sort of like this is a thing that exists people are going to go hang on a minute so these people in england they've got no relation to palestine they don't know like you know obviously you know people in palestine but like you know some people in palestine actually it never even they might not have even heard of palestine even know it, it fucking exists you know what i mean and uh you know that is sort of the beginning where people start to go people are just doing this because they think it's the right thing to do people are just doing this because they know it's the right thing to do and that is going to shatter i think a lot of people's false consciousness when it comes to like organizing when it comes to like actually seeing the state for what it is i think a lot of people are very jaded uh right now i think a lot of people are very like wow okay this is really bad but you know what can we do like you know but i think the reality is 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 like you know as we're all saying here on this show right now the state the state's power to abuse uh you know people who are acting in solidarity it has a limit it has a material limit and uh you know there are far more of us than there are of them uh that's always been the case it always will be the case because this system can't operate in any other fashion um but anyway sort of like rhetoric aside um you know i did remind myself that i was supposed to ask you about uh this daily express stuff um do you want to comment on any of that you know what i'm talking about right the uh, this guy yeah. that infiltrated uh, Palestine action. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I guess um, certain, 
I'm sure Pal Action takes certain measures to make sure that cops, journalists, as I'm sure you know, you would someone coming on your show, for example. Uh, but there's a, there's a limit there, isn't there? Do you know what I mean? You know, of of what we can access. Um, of what can be accessed um, if we were trying to find out who anyone is, whoever we are. Um, and yeah, you know, I think um, checks were done. Um, and, you know, so, you know, the story obviously that you're mentioning is the, is that there was, there was a allegedly a, a, an action being planned against the, um, the, the London uh, banking kind of, kind of sector um, and it was the um, just strike me, sorry, I've actually got it in front of me. It was the the London Stock Exchange, my mistake. Um, and it's alleged that there was a group um, from Palestine Action who were planning to do direct action against the London Stock Exchange. Um, inside this group was a reporter from the Daily Express um, uh, infiltrator. Who, I mean. <sighs> so many levels of bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, this, they, they infiltrated during the eight weeks, which is bang in the middle of all, you know, 25, almost 1,000 people dying. Do you know I mean? More people dying, stuff on everything. You know, they started this, 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 this uh, moly investigation during that period. Do you know what I mean? I mean, talk about complicit. Um, and the idea was, um, you know, let's say that, what was alleged was true, <laughs> then that group were going to target, um, you know, the, the the stock exchange, which was which that day would have had a direct impact on the on on the Israeli finances, basically in a nutshell. Um, that was the idea, um, I'm sure. And um, you know, the Express got involved and they stopped that, and and so they're they're complicit. They're not complicit for not reporting and not doing anything. They're complicit for actually infiltrating a group that is trying to stop that shit um so ultimately this guy infiltrated the group um he it got to a point where i believe anyway so so i read him that it was just about to happen um and on the friday um this this guy or the express went to the police um and reported to them and then they came out with their exclusive on the sunday um, and on that day, um, or the day before, rather, the group, you know, obviously not including this guy from the Express, were arrested for conspiracy, um, conspiring to commit prob- uh, criminal damage or public order, one or the other, or both. Um, and a good friend of mine um, was, um, he's done so much. Um, he's he's a great guy, uh, a huge communist as well, um, and, and and a good friend of mine. He was arrested um, and 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 labelled as the group leader, um, and, and was sent to prison. Um, and and yeah, it's horrible. Do you know what I mean? Um, and and yeah, that that was what happened. Um, you know, it's as I say that we're at a point where where everything is going at such a fast pace at the moment. Um, as you know, since everything's kicked off more, um, and 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 um, all, you know, if you've got a lot of people who are wanting to get involved, unfortunately, in that bunch, you're going to get a bad egg every now and again, and and you know, um, it looks like that's what happened. Um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we, um, you know, did comment on the fact that, like, because of 
the OPSEC that people, well, it was InfoSec and OPSEC uh, that people were following in Palestine action. It was actually um, that prevented this guy from learning of other actions and therefore potentially endangering other people, uh, reporting them to the police, etc. Um, so that is, you know, I mean, that is an example, I think, of good OPSEC, good InfoSec. Um, it's, of course, absolutely disgusting. Like, you know, the, the sheer, like, you know, neck on this guy trying to, like, make out, like, you know, he's some kind of goodie, he's some kind of, like, you know, oh, I did this investigative groundbreaking journalism. No, you're a grass, bro. Like, you are a snitch. Like, you're literally, like, a, a, you know, Randall from Recess. Like, you, no one likes you, bro. Like, this is the worst kind of guy. Um, and it's just, like, such a joke. Like, the, you know, the people who are ce- celebrating him are, like, gammons and, like, boomers. And it's, like, great, all your mates are, like, racist old people, in it. Like, no one else wants to know you. No one else is bigging you up for this. Like, you are literally just, like... Yeah, you know. I mean, he, he literally put a dad in prison. Yeah, like, like you know, the the I won't say his name obviously, but you know the guy, he he's a dad. He's thirty one years old. He's, he doesn't want to be, and it's not like oh, you know, um, sacrificial lamb or martyr. He doesn't want to, be, you know. The point is, I'm sure he might be doing much more than what the stuff that he's 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 you know alleged to have done or whatever. And and you know he. Yeah, the, you know, that guy, that reporter, literally put someone in prison. You know, like, I, I just, that's why I've been able to get my head around. It's like, how can someone put, okay, yeah, if the person, as we, you know, is, is this, that, or the other, whatever. But my point is that, you know, I don't believe the prison system works anyway. But, you know, to put someone in there who's literally, like, just desperate because of what they're seeing happen in, in Palestine. And the propaganda is terrifying, like... I mean, the comparison, I'm sure everyone's, you know, between Ukraine and, and what's happening in Palestine is is sickening. Do you know what I mean? I mean oh, yeah. You walk through Liverpool and the lamb banana, which is like a banana-shaped thing, you know, and that's like a Liverpool icon and the benches and stuff, they're all still painted like yellow and blue and stuff like that. And 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 I just think back to then and I think like... The only difference is literally that it's 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 in a different part of the world. It's a little bit too far away from Europe and from us, and it's different skin color. Do you know what I mean? There's no, there's no kind of two. That is the only difference, and yeah, and yet the propaganda is is unreal. It's, it's terrifying. Yeah, it's just it's just such an obvious like, and again, like taking away that uh, that's that's a real like. You know, I didn't know that that person like had a kid. I mean, obviously, every kind of person is is going to be involved in Palestine action, and you 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 ask yourself like, you know, the false consciousness that that person had to be under in order to affect someone's life like that. Like my man is thinking, okay, these are bad people. Bad people go to prison. That's the end of it. Uh, that kid's not got a dad now. Do you know what I mean? Like, when's he going to be out? Like, do you know what I mean? What kind of charges is he facing? What's his sentence? When's he going to be released? Is he ever, is he going to get a fair trial? Like, you know, what, you know, all these questions, um, you know, that are extremely doubtful in, in their outcome of, of any kind of justice, as we've already discussed. And now there's a kid there who might never see the dad's, and the dad's going to miss him growing up. You know, it's like, it's just, there's no justice in that. Um, doesn't matter like you know what you how you try and spin it for at the very least 
trying to do some damage to to a financial institution. Like you know, you're you're talking about the London Stock Exchange. You're not talking. We're not talking about like a a, a mum and dad coffee shop, like you know, self-employed kind of business. You know, small petty bourgeois. Uh, uh, interested. We're talking about the London Stock Exchange, where literally if they capitalism. had, if they, literally if they, capitalism. yes, if they had a day, if they had, a, a, you know, it might have been like an hour where they weren't able to operate or whatever, they would recover in a week. You know what I mean? Like these, these are people who are who are gambling with other people's money, with other people's interest all the fucking time, and you know the damage that would have been done to that. Versus the damage that has been done to not only uh, you know your man who's who's been put away, but also all the other the the five actionists who are basically like you know now they've been tarred with this brush of like well you're an extremist you're a terrorist you're on a watch list you know what I mean all this extra stuff so you know the 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 comparison in in that regard the the disparity actually of like harm is so obvious and it should be obvious to absolutely um you know everybody. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you know, with the men you mentioned, like that, that about you know, uh, our comrade having like a child and stuff like that as well. I think that's one of the most beautiful things that I've seen about Pal Action is the diversity of of people and people's backgrounds, families, cultures, lives, um, heritage. Um, and I think I don't think I know. I've not seen that in any other campaign ever. Um, where you've got so many different people, um, and it doesn't matter whether a person is 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 um, obviously like you know it doesn't matter what the gender is it, you know it, it, there's different so we've got people who, who who are gay straight bi trans we've got Muslim people atheists Christians we've got Jewish people we've got so many different people in Palestine action mothers fathers you know teachers all kinds of backgrounds and it's amazing. That there's one common thing, um, and I think that's important. That um, yeah, there's there's thousands of 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 our comrades, um, and that's what makes it so so amazing. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, no, the 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 definite sort of like coming together. Um, you know, for a common cause. It's like you know, and you can, you can see this in the broader like you know protest movement surrounding Palestine. You know, I was in the queer block, uh, uh, you know, at most of the protests helping, you know, to organize because, uh, you know, most queer people know, like, no, you can't do a genocide in our name. It doesn't matter, um, actually, like, if, if you're trying to say that Israel is more progressive for queer rights, etc. I mean, that is completely debatable, by the way, uh, you know, from what I've heard and read uh, and, you know, absorbed from uh, Israeli culture. But regardless, like, you know, you don't get to, like, just bomb an entire population into oblivion, destroy an entire family lineages just because they're not quite up to scratch with queer rights. Like, are you having a laugh? Um, Also, you're definitively not for queer rights if you are genociding queer people. Yeah, there are queer Palestinians, there are, you know, literally like transgender Palestinians, people don't even believe it, but it's like, you know, well, you know, you don't believe it because you don't listen. You don't believe it because you don't like look at the actual material facts and that's what it is. Um, so, you know, that's... Also, that's, you don't believe it because you've dehumanized Arabs yes. to such an extent that you don't think they're capable of being queer. Yes. You're like, queer. queerness is for everyone else. It's for people like me, white people. Right. for Arabs. Yeah, no, so it's uh, it, it's such a, a, a very, like, you know, I think that we can take hope because this show is about hope, really, and it is a little, like, you know, doom, doomy uh, with everything that's going on because, of course, you know, we've lost 
30,000 people, I think, approximately. Like, if you take into consideration the people stuck under the rubble still in Gaza and, you know, more, many, many more in the West Bank uh, in this entire, uh, you know, current current situation. And, uh, you know, obviously, like, you know, you've done this action and it's been very good, but you may suffer consequences for other stuff. And, you know, that's obviously very, uh, you know, upsetting. Uh, however, it is like, you know, I think we can take a lot of hope from the situation. I think we can take a lot of hope from like everything that we've seen and, and the amount of different types of people who've come together to talk about this stuff. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely like, it's, it's something that I never thought like you, you, you only knew about like what was going on properly in Palestine three years ago or something. You said when you went to one of the workshops, like, you know, for me, I've, I've known about it for about 10 years and, and it's just something that you would have never dreamed in a million years that this many people, when I thought, I thought when the day comes, when they want to flatten Gaza again, it'll happen. That'll be the end of it. No one will say anything. The Palestinians in Gaza will be forgotten. But even just like the amount of people talking about it, the fact that like, you know, um, we're on this show and instead of like treating this show like we treat every other kind of like, I guess, uh, you know, uh, actual radical leftist stuff. It's kind of like things that aren't really spoken about in the media. You know, I'm actually sat here worrying like, yeah, what if there is a cop watching this show? What if they are like talking, taking this shit down? We joke about that stuff a lot, but it's like, I never thought in a million years it would be like, oh, actually like everybody's talking about it now. And like everybody knows about it and 70% of people think there needs to be at least a ceasefire, you know, and and that that's way more than I ever would have I, I like thought in in the past like in the past i used to think like palestine is like something that's very important to fight for it's very important to like stand up for it but i always thought like the way that the the propaganda machine works the the hasbro and everything and like just the the complicity and the, and the well it you know you, you we talk about complicity like for me like you know active the active support the active encouragement of genocide from the uk and the us i always thought like it's just you know it'll just be over and um i think like at the very least we can take hope from the fact that there is just so much now so much like support so many people talking about it so many more actions from palestine action like you said at the start palestine action us that's wild to me i never thought that would be a thing when I, when we spoke to huda like two years ago i was like this is really cool i'm impressed it's happening in the uk it's probably happening in the uk because cops don't have guns i mean some of them do but like you know could you imagine in the us but they've fucking done it anyway you know and in france as well france is like one of the most islamophobic countries in the uh, in the world like in europe Europe anyway i don't know if i want to say the world but like i think israel is probably that uh but like you know the the, the, the super super racist and like you've got palestine action france what the fuck that's that's wild like i love that shit um palestine so yeah action, germany won yeah right imagine could you imagine could you imagine well, that i would cannot be... actually i literally no. legitimately cannot imagine that yeah yeah crazy <laughs> that they're um they're protesting uh, uh fascism but like uh, you know they don't extend that uh to to israel they don't think israel's doing fascism their 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 government is getting a little bit too close to fascism so it's time to protest for that but you know genociding thirty thousand people 75 years of nagba displacement yeah that's not really fascism yeah it's just such a joke um but yeah no it, that would be that would be i think i would really like need a, a rain check as if i'm actually dreaming or not or this is a real life uh that i'm experiencing if if palestine action germany sprang up um anyway <laughs> i think um 
I think the most important thing to highlight with like your particular like uh, joining in on on the struggle um, for Palestine, Drew, is because it it does really show um, just how effective direct action is. Like direct action in terms of like thinking globally but acting locally is something like I try and tell people a lot, yeah. um, and it can be quite difficult, you know, if you wanted to. I don't know. Like, I think people always think about climate change. And I think like, obviously you could speak to that at length. Like, you know, climate change is something that isn't just like over there. It's here, you know, like we've seen increased flooding, like right now in Manchester, I don't know about you, but it's windy as fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we're, we're seeing like, you know, flood warnings, all this extra kind of stuff, uh, you know, going on and it's like, okay, you know, this is a real thing and people get a little like freaked out and don't know how to, to deal with it and, and where to like, put that energy um but i think like having an an organization like palestine action is so effective because it's it's very concentrated um it's very organized it's very like in terms of like you know we know where all the factories are this is where you can uh you know find them um you know you can you can get involved and, and like chat to us and we can do workshops and stuff like this and i think that's like what's so good and effective about it and also what's so good and effective about it is that people can act in an affinity to it because of course you're not like you know one of the organizers of palestine action you're just a guy do you know what i mean you're literally just a guy that was like i'm gonna go and do this because i think it's the right thing to fucking do um you know and i think that like we could we could probably like talk a bit about um you know how like i think the climate movement could like learn a bit from this i don't know if you wanted to like venture into that kind of stuff if you've ever read how to blow up a pipeline or something like that but like you know what are you what are your thoughts yeah i mean like this i i look at you know all right you know let's say jso for example do you know what i mean got a lot of friends in jso by the way um, just had him on the show yeah, um, I've got friends in Just Stop Oil. Don't necessarily agree with the strategy and tactics. I agree with the despair and get it. Do you know what I mean? I get that desperation of like, well, what else do we do though? Um, but you know, yeah, I do sometimes wonder, you know, if certain campaigns, you know, I think to myself, you know, if you've done this or if you've done that, then you probably get a little bit you know, further towards what, what you're looking for. Um, and I think that some some groups could definitely take a leaf. I, I'm not saying Pal Action gets it right all the time because it definitely doesn't. Who does? What campaign does? Right. But yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly a campaign group that some, some, some groups should take a leaf away from out of their book, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of one of those, like uh, I was speaking about this on my, stream this week when uh you know you can you can read how to blow up a pipeline you can literally read like the first page and you don't really need to read anymore because the gist of it is that basically like the climate movement needs to start targeting the actual production uh of fossil fuels rather than like doing you know you could do a die-in you could you could do a, a, a you know jump on jump out on a fucking snooker table cover yourself in orange paint i think that's cool and i think it builds culture um but the actual sort of direct stuff i mean you know just stop oil were doing some very direct action based stuff uh before they kind of got in the papers about all this uh, stuff that everybody loves to criticize them for slowing down traffic all this kind of stuff um and it's so interesting that they moved away from that and you know i wonder if that's kind of like a 
they felt that they were putting people in danger of being arrested and putting putting people in danger of being put away and stuff. Because I think, like you know, if you if you did start to uh, target the the actual infrastructure of fossil fuel production and uh, oil specifically, I think you would start like you would feel like the you know the full force of the state like very very quickly. Um, but it does it doesn't really change the fact that it, it would probably get the goods, right? It doesn't really change the fact that it, it's like a way that you could think globally and act locally. Um, of course, I would never encourage anyone to do that. It's illegal and wrong. The law is the arbiter of all morality. Um, but, you know, uh, 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 in terms of like people are going to just start doing this stuff as things get worse, you know? Like, I think you could probably like look at what Palestine action uh, and how they've like ramped things up as things have got worse. And that's not because Palestine action are going like, we need more people. We need to do this more. We need, blah, blah, blah. they're not going on about it. People are just going like, this is bad. I need to do something about it. Oh, I've heard about this lot. They're actually like, you know, involved in like trying to like get, you know, uh, divestment sanctions, uh, you know, get, get weapons factories shut down in various different ways, diversity of tactics. Um, and I think that's literally just going to like, you know, be a thing that we start to see in the climate movement as well. I also think that there is a general like consciousness, like shift that is happening on the left. However you want to define the left, I don't even know. But um, I was talking about this um, blue sky with some people. The George Floyd protests, uprisings, they were like the biggest the biggest protests in modern human history, like across the planet, we saw a massive movement of people, mobilization of people, um, like showing up and protesting for uh, Black Lives Matter and for the um, against police, I should say, however you want to spell it out. But but generally saying that they want to defund the police at the very least, at least at the very least, defund the police at the very least, shift money away from the police into social services. What do we see after the biggest mobilization in human history? We saw an increase in funding for the police. We saw a bigger presence, more militarization of the police. We did not see um, um, the uh, the quality of life for Black people increase. We did not see the, the uh, dismantlement of white supremacy. So I think a lot of people from that experience, at least I'm just going to speak for myself and also from, from the people that I've talked to, are starting to see that like, sure, protests are important. Showing up is important. Getting bodies out on the street, that's important. However, it's clear that unless there's teeth behind it, you're just on your knees begging effectively as a group. And you're saying, please listen to me, please. We won't do anything about it if you don't listen to us. But we're we're all doing this together. Just a lot of us are begging. At a certain point, you realize that there, if there's no teeth, then, then nothing's going to happen. And so it is very exciting to see how quickly people are taking actually the direct action with regards to Palestine. And I think that's probably a big reason why people are looking towards organizations like Pal Action, because they're they're coming to this inevitable conclusion. They're seeing, again, mm. it's the system itself that's dictating this. It's 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 an inevitability that people are like, I hate that this is happening. This is against everything that I want to see in this world. I, I, I want to stop it. And I know that the bull, that the shit that I did before, it, it didn't lead to any results. I, I have to do something. Either I close my eyes and I and I dramatically like suppress all my humanity, which some people do. Let's face it. Apart from that, though, the vast majority of us want this to stop. And we know that 
just asking nicely isn't going to do it. Well, in every single demands letter that we write for the tenants union, we ask every member like what kind of collective bargaining and direct action they'd be comfortable doing because we include in every single demands letter, um, you know, if you do not meet our demands, we will take further action as a union. You have to have that teeth. You have to have it because otherwise, like you say, it's completely, uh, 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 you know, ineffective. You're just relying on the goodwill of the people in power who have expressly (laughs) demonstrated they have no goodwill, have expressly demonstrated that their interests are in maintaining and expanding power. Why would they ever be like, I will voluntarily give up the things that I exist for yeah. Because because you asked a lot of you asked me, you know. Yeah. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling fruity today. Time to uh yeah, give give, give all those people that debt relief, you know. Uh yeah, it just doesn't fucking work like that. And that being said, I I just want to as an American, can um I don't if you want to vote for Joe Biden, you know, do whatever you want, but just shut the fuck up about it. Like know something about <laughs> political leverage. Honestly, know something about political leverage. If do you think that like it's 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 I'm assuming the people that are voting for Joe Biden are not out on the streets giving fucks about Palestinians. I know this because I talk to the people on the streets about this and they say they refuse to jo- vote for Joe Biden. So unless they're all like hiding out around the parts of the protest that I don't inhabit, um, they're not actually out there. They're they're not doing that. But like if you if you claim you give a fuck about Palestinians and you also claim that you want to you also think you you're going to vote for Joe Biden anyways because you hate a drumph, right? Shut up about it. Don't tell people. Actually, have the tiniest bit of teeth backing your anger about genocide. Because if you say I'm gonna give you my vote anyways, but I'm against the thing you're you're doing, you there's no teeth. Shut up. Okay. Yeah, they're incredibly fucking annoying. Uh, Drew, we are getting to the point where we are going to ask you questions from the chat, uh, the YouTube chat. Uh, Apple Chips, the video game, asks, how does Drew think people should find places near themselves to protest against? Great, yeah. Okay, so, I mean, I think firstly with that is you can you can obviously go to Pal Action's direct website, which has got a list of... Um, it's it's got a link on there which has a list of all targets um in in the UK anyway um there are first second third targets so that ranges from actual factories to suppliers who 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 move uh, from transport companies who move stuff around people who make packaging all different sectors um so they're on there and then i think generally as well you know as i say you can get a chair um, two years uh, and go and sit outside the places that are boycotting under like the boycott the boycott divestment sanctions campaign. Um, you know you can go to Pret who are opening fifty plus stores in Israel. You can go to McDonald's who we know were giving out free meals. You know the the, the, the franchise in Israel were giving out free meals to soldiers. You know uh, Starbucks and there's there's um, Zara. There's loads of places and just go and, and just have, have have conversations with people. Sit outside with a sign that says, um, you know, boycott this store, and it can be really powerful. And that can then open other conversations. Um, and you know, as well, I think that going to although, as I said before, I do believe a big umbrella is is important. So you know, you've got 
you've got marches, you've got petitions, you've got because you know it, it all works and it's all just as vital as one. Um, but some people say, you know, I feel like I don't get anywhere when I go to the marches and the demos. But sometimes for me, just being in that space with all them people who feel the same way and who are on my wavelength or I feel are on my wavelength is amazing. And also you have conversations at these places, you know, that I've 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 met comrades who have who and, and gained stuff from those meetings, shall we say, um at a lot of demos. Um and yeah, just doing stuff like that is is a good way as well of kind of broadening horizons. I want to add to that that uh uh because you mentioned BDS. If you go to BDSmovement.net, that's where the main hub of the BDS movement is boycott, divest, sanction Israel. Um, and so, yeah, it, there's, there's lots of links, like there's lots of places on the website where you can get involved and find resources uh, to, to find, you know, companies near you that you can express yourself to. All right, great. So the next question is from middle earth Marxist. Um, did you arrange or know who do you contact for legal representation before staging your actions? And what would you recommend doing beforehand to best protect yourself if you're arrested during actions? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to to, to make sure that you don't, you know, um, you want to keep your, uh, how would you call it, your technical identity as, as low as possible. So, you know, if if you um if someone for example was planning to do something and they were using a phone computer whatever to do research and chatting you would want to make sure that you didn't have that with you at the time um, because the police will use that against you um you know never use a duty solicitor if you're arrested um and you know you'd be offered a solicitor and they'll say you know would you you know we have a free duty solicitor never ever use that person because that person has probably worked at that particular station for the last decade, five years, and knows all the cops is in there every day. Um, you know, probably goes to their weddings and shit like that, right? Do you know what I mean? So they're not they're not impartial, is what I'm saying. So that's always a no go. Always give a no comment. Um, and and yeah, you know, if if I mean again, I can only speak for the UK, but if I'm in the north of England and I was in trouble for any reason, shall we say, um, I would use Lizars solicitors, um, L I Z A R S. And if I was in the South, I would use Hodge, Jones and Allen solicitors. And the reason for that is that they're both, um, along with other solicitors such as Kelly's and stuff, they're both, um, you know, they're really, um, they are very experienced in in protest law, uh, particularly stuff around um, Palestine action and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, I found that like um, it's helpful, at least in the States, because I know the laws are different, but effectively there's a lot of, you know, commonality there because they're both, white western mm. imperial core countries with a lot to do with each other um it's good to like know really like based lawyers that are you know they're they're not they're not lawyers and then they kind of dabble and and stuff that they, they they are lawyers because they're trying to actually work within the system as best they can but they hate it and they hate the system those types of people um get to know them and and talk to them if you can and um yeah i think there's, there's a website called the uh, green and black cross um that's in the uk and if you go to them they have everything on there to do with protest law all the mm -hmm. stuff and they've also got information for solicitors around the country so if you were going to do something in oxford 
you may well be able to find the solicitor in Oxford through Green and Black Cross's website as well. But yeah, like it, it's important to to have those contacts and to really know the real people will tell you, oh, you have the right to this and that. But like, how does it actually go down? Like how <laughs> it's a little different then because mm-hmm. cops will lie. Cops will 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 conveniently for, you know, not follow the law. And you need to know how to prepare for that. Also, don't ever underestimate bust cards. Um, For those of you that are watching visually, I'm holding up uh, sort of like a homemade one. Um, And, uh, you know, even just that, just like writing down numbers, writing down what the organization is above the number, even if you're just doing it in pen on a bit of paper, extremely effective, extremely uh, useful. Um, As Drew said, sometimes taking your phone, uh, you know, to to a protest is a bad idea uh, because the cops will do anything they can to try and uh, find some evidence, quote unquote, to to charge you with something. So the next question we got, uh, distinguish this, uh, says, Drew, what advice would you give to people who want to take part but are nervous slash unable to risk arrest? Um, I would say that um, there's something for everyone is, is, is the quick answer to that. Um, you know, um, Pal Action has, has, has loads of people, as I said before, who go through through its door, whatever that means. Um, and, um, and, yeah, it's... Um, there's there's definitely there's 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 a lot of stuff happening that isn't on camera if that's the right word um uh, we have accounts the reason i'm being very careful is because as we all know the state of fuckers and they'll use anything that came to you so you know but what i'm basically trying to say is that there's something for everyone and there's something there's stuff going on in pal action for people that that like yourself who just asked that question um who don't want to necessarily get arrested and have a criminal record and stuff, but would like to get to do stuff. Um, there's definitely a platform and a space for that. So I would just say, get down to a workshop and, 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 and you'll find out more about that. Definitely. Yeah. I think that kind of answers the next one. Cause the next one is from uh Nirlan Starfire it asks, what's the best way we can support groups like pal action. If we're unable to directly take part in an action. And I think you basically answered it, but there's play, there's, there's opportunities to help support these orgs like pal action that don't require putting your body out in the actual world yeah, yeah. And, and like we have loads of different roles you know this this people people might you know might go down to bristol for example to do an action but then they have no contacts in bristol so then when it comes to the court case they're going to a town or a city that they've never been to before so even having people within those areas you might not necessarily want to be involved you know, front line or whatever you want to call it, but are happy to give someone a space, a bed, have a cup of tea with someone, go and hold a banner at the court that they're at and stuff. Court support is really important. You know, a massive part of the action. The action doesn't finish once you get nicked. You know, it's almost the beginning because when we go to court, that's our opportunity to then put Elba on the stand and they don't want that. They don't want more publicity. So having you know, a ton of people at the court holding signs saying Elbert system shut Elbert down is only giving us more of a platform to kind of stick them on. So yeah, there's loads of opportunities for people to help out and get involved for sure. Buzzing. Uh, next up, we got Fraso Soapbox and they ask, would it be possible to get involved with Palestine Action or a similar related group organization if one would want to, but does not live in the UK or the US or I assume France and any other country they operate in? Yeah, is is the quick answer. Elbert operate all over the world. Um, so 
you know, there's there's definitely, you know, we the the tools are there, the 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 digital stuff's there, the media's there, the help's there. So if if there's a if there's a group of people, it doesn't even have to be a big group, you know, two, three or whatever, um that that say, you know, yeah, there's an Elbit factory here in in you know, um going. <laughs> um and we wanna go and um, we wanna go and do a protest outside, then we can definitely work with that group to help kind of to help that form and flourish for sure, as we have done with all the other countries, yeah. Okay, cool. Next up, Kara. Uh, this is from Alex all over the place. Uh, how is a how is a good way to make suggestions to local orgs regarding good places to direct attention to? Local orgs here seem to choose targets that are already friendly rather than productive. Um, again, I mean, I think I, I think it's about um, about going to to to. There's, there's now a resource um, on on the website that takes you directly to to those to those places. Um, if you were looking for a a a particular target place um company then they'll that they will be listed on that website um and they're all definitely um valuable valuable targets should we say I, mm-hmm. some some people might might say that anyway kill <laughs> mm-hmm. cool. uh stephosaurus says is there a way we can write to the guy who's now in prison to show support yeah, so I should give you an update on on our friend. He actually got bail um, yesterday, so um, he's 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 been bailed, um, and he is. Um, we released that on the um, Palaxion page today, um, or rather, I'd say it was released on the Palaxion page today. Um, and yeah, um, he's he's been given bail. Um, he is due to appear. Um, it's yeah um he's he's out so so currently um we've, we've there's no one in in prison for power action um i mean which is amazing um but you know that could change tomorrow change. of course so always look out we always have uh, the so for anyone that wanted to write to someone who was in to answer your question if uh, if that did happen there is there's like a link on Palaxion's website and Instagram and Twitter that you can follow and you can send an email to um, and it's free and it'll go directly to that person. So yeah. Ah, that's uh, great news actually with the <laughs> great answer to that question because it's good news. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. And the last question from Captain Babaru, what advice do you have for groups that are facing burnout? Particularly in small, isolated areas like northern areas close to Alaska. Okay, yeah, I think I think it's, firstly it's important to recognise that and 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 accept that burnout is is a thing and it, and it, and it comes and it happens and it's usually when you think that it's not happening that it happens. Um, um, and I think first thing is just to is just to is to accept that that's what's happening um, and and kind of go with it. And and if you feel that 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 things are getting too much and they probably are. And I know that's like really obvious, but I think it's important to listen to ourselves is what I'm trying to say. Um, and new energy as well. You know, um, I find that, that, that new energy coming through is, is the important thing because new, new ideas, new stories, new, new people is, is always good. And I, and I think it, it helps with that burnout because, you know, obviously it takes the stress off people as well. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think that's a really good answer because it's like, you, you, this is one of the big questions, like, you know, our producers just joked in the chat that like, you know, tick, tick burnout off your bingo card. Uh, but like, you know, that, that's it in it. It's like when you, when you do any kind of activism, actionist stuff, you know that you're doing it for the right stuff. So you want to do loads of it. I think the way that I've come to see it is like, you know, when you come out of school or like you're in the middle of school and you, you go into your like, you know, work experience or whatever. And like, someone's asking you, what do you want to do? You want to do something that like is good in it. You want to, you want to, you want to be like, I remember I used to think about things like I should be a farmer because farmers grow food. And then you grow up and you go actually sack that. I don't want to work on a farm. It sounds shite. Um, but then like, you know, you, 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 you get older and you realize, oh, activism is really good. And that's the thing that I've been wanting. I've been wanting some kind of purpose to do like a good, productive, helpful, nice thing in the world. And that can like overwhelm you a lot of the time without you realizing it. Like you say, it comes when you don't think it's happening. Um, but it just it, out of nowhere, you're just like, oh, uh, yeah, I'm way too fucking, you know, uh, uh, exhausted to do anything at the minute and in fact our entire organization is or is exhausted because we've tried to do way too much uh because actually i think it's very human to get burnout i think that like i think a lot of people can like think of burnout and go do you know what that's uh you know it's really sad and it's a shame that that happens but actually it's very human mm -hmm. because it means that we've been focusing on something that we want to fight for for a long time and we've got to the point where like actually like tiredness and stuff like that, it doesn't matter. That goes into like, you know, another part of the brain to think about. Um, so yeah, like, uh, you know, if anyone's kind of feeling bad for, for feeling uh, uh, burnt out. Yeah, exactly. Like Captain Boober has just said in the chat, I didn't choose radical activism. It chose me. Yeah, exactly. You know, this is the, this is the thing, right? So yeah, absolutely fantastic answers, Drew. Really, really appreciate that. Um, just as we come to the end of the show, uh, we always like to give our listeners homework whenever we have a guest, uh, or even if we don't have a guest, uh, and you've got a suggestion. Is that me, Sally? <laughs> oh, Sally. <laughs> no, it's all Sally, yeah. Yeah, uh, my suggestion would just be to, to head over to Pal Action's website. Um, you'll see there that they run workshops you'll find out lots of information about the campaign and more importantly, how to kind of get involved. Um, and um, like I said before, it's, I'm not saying it because it sounds cool. I really do regret not being involved with Pal Action sooner because like what a bunch of people, what a campaign. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, if you want to be part of something, then, then, then join Pal Action. That's the homework. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, Comrade, thanks so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, solidarity with everything that you're going through at the minute. Um, and yeah, we'd be absolutely happy to have you on in the future, I imagine, if you wanted to join us again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much for having me. It's been my pleasure. Nice one. Thanks, thanks so much Drew. for being here. Take care. Okay. Absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's always like, you, you know, you speak to someone from Palestine Action, like the, the last time we spoke to Huda, it was just like, yeah, you're just blown away. Like, you can't really like, I don't know. There's no, there's no words really in it. It's, it's just like, yeah, this is, this is the most actual definition of direct action that people 
take part in within the imperial core and it gets actual tangible results and it's peak uh, based there's peak no based. more base honestly no. than pal no. action there really isn't um but i can imagine the kind of things that liberals say about it and it's uh yeah it's 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 driving me up the wall just thinking about that so i'm going to stop thinking about that i'm going to start thinking about um how to uh, promote the fact that we are a show that needs money we need money we can't get enough of your money uh please give us money money us money now uh go to red planet uh at patreon it's patreon.com uh forward slash red underscore planet uh and before i did allude to the fact that we were going to go through all the different tiers of support uh that we can offer and what kind of benefits you can get uh, as a result of supporting us on red planet and i'm going to go through them now because we've got them on my screen i've done enough stalling to actually click on the website and get it up um uh, just joking i didn't do any of that uh i know this all off by heart the, the first the first one the first tier that you can actually support us with is sprite mode and that's two dollars a month um i don't know what that is in pounds because i only know what's directly in front of my face and for some reason uh you know the 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 the, the website has changed and in the uk you can only see dollars now i don't know what that's about but it's two dollars a month and uh, you could get started with your support for red planet by becoming a sprite benefits include the sacred and forbidden knowledge that you're helping the red planet team early access to vods access to the red planet discord imagine that you could do all that stuff that would be really good wouldn't it uh what's the next one kira the next one is goblin mode so if you want to support us a little bit more it's ten dollars a month um everyone loves a goblin we all get a little goblin mode from time to time complete your gobology by going goblin mode with everything from sprite mode a pack of cool red planet stickers for you to stick in legal places and in only places like that and access to exclusive Red Planet Discord Hangouts. So Sprymo gets you into the Discord. Goblin Mode and above gets you into the Discord Hangouts. We should but do a Hangout soon. Oh, sorry. We should do one soon, yeah. But what if I'm what if I'm kind of feral? Like, you know, I, I, like, I get... You know? <laughs> I get this a question scrappy. a lot. I get this question a lot. You know, what if, what if I'm feral? What then? Um, <clears throat> my answer to all those people is that you should support us with beast mode. Holy shit. It's $20 a month. Are you actually going to go beast mode? Well, then we can offer you all the stuff from the lower tiers and pin badges. Yeah. Pin badges where your excellent new red planet pin badge literally everywhere. It's completely cool and good to do. Uh, I actually have some, uh, and I was showing them off on the, the visual, uh, VOD, uh, uh last week, but I'm not going to do that today because there's only two of us doing the show and uh, I need to be here and do that. Speaking of which, uh, you know, like going feral is one thing, but some people, some people ask me, what if I'm sick? What if I'm so sick uh, that I can't be in society anymore? I watch Red Planet all the time. Red Planet is my entire life. I've got all posters of the the hosts uh, plastered over my, uh, you know, my my family photos. They don't mean anything to me anymore. Red Planet is the only thing that I know. Uh, what can we do to help those poor, sick individuals, Kira? Well, we would call those people sickos, and there's a mode for them. It's called sicko mode. For a hundred dollars a month. If you support us this much, we can only really reasonably offer you all of the stuff from the lower tiers, all the stuff from the lower tiers, plus a very special thank you message at the end of every stream. So JBP, 
Narlon Starfire, Queen Pib, Cassie Tastrophe, and Risk Inverse. Thank you to our sick fucks for supporting us. Thanks for being sicko. Thank you. Thank you. Thank um, you. But what, Kira, would I do if I wanted to learn more about my sweet, wonderful, beautiful, incandescent uh, co-host, Kira Chats? What would I? How would I find out? Me. More about you. Me. Wow. Well, thanks for asking. Oh, I'm a little shocked by this question. Um, I suppose you can go to my link tree linktra.ee slash Kira chats. All my links are there. Um, because Twitch has banned me for terrorism, I am now streaming on YouTube. So you can find me at my YouTube under Kira chats. I think I'm going to go live tomorrow. I think I'm going to get jump back on the jump back on the pony. No, that's not vegan. I'm going to jump back on the, <laughs> on the bicycle. Ah, I'm going to ride that bike. And I think I'm going to um, jump back into streaming. Cause I feel like I've had a nice little breakerino uh but you also find me on blue sky i'm mostly active there uh as opposed to twitter because i can't with twitter so it's uh kirachats.bsky.social um yeah my discord discord.gg slash kirachats i'm very active there it's like main the main hub for my community but mule uh, yes I, I i need to know where can i find you where can we find you mule you can find me uh, normally at linktra.ee forward slash DJ M-U-E-L. Uh, and uh, yeah, you can find all my links there. Basically, um, I've got a new video in the works. It's written. The script is available for my £10 uh, and over supporting Patreons, uh, Patreons, patrons. Um, and uh, that uh, video is called AI, The Political Connection. It's going to be like an examination into what we think about AI and what we think about intellectual property and that kind of stuff. Um, um, because I watched some documentaries that I thought was AI, um, and that was very interesting. And I did a bit of a deep dive and attempt at some journalism to try and figure out what was going on. Um, so if you want to know more information about that before it's released, then go ahead and join my Patreon right now. It's patreon.com forward slash DJMUEL. If you want to look at some other stuff that I've done, you can check out my Christmas special video. It has got me wearing a Christmas hat, uh, and I do mention Christmas like once in the video. Uh, but apart from that it's relevant whenever because it's about an awful bastard landlord influencer called Samuel Leeds uh, who did a video of himself chainsawing a door uh, of an apparent tenant of his open in order to evict them Uh, but that was a lie Uh, and it also turns out he lies about a lot of other stuff too so if you want to find out what those lies are go over to my YouTube channel and check out the latest video there Let's not forget our wonderful co-host who can't be here, Tim. Tim is a wonderful boy. Go check him out on YouTube. He's Conquest of Dread. Um, he does these just absolutely amazing videos, like just absolutely quality vibes. Uh, they're timeless. So, uh, you know, go and watch them. It doesn't matter how long ago uh, they were brought out. Go and support him. The link tree is linktree.ee forward slash Dread Conquest. B-Rats, just put it uh, in, the, uh, in the chat there so uh, you can go and check that out and uh, for our listeners at home again that's linktra.ee forward slash dread conquest but that's it that's the end of the show we did a snow we did another show that we did done. a snow we did <laughs> what a are you snow dutch show yeah that's what i'm trying to say that's the problem <laughs> 
thank you. So, well, the problem would be that you would be Dutch is the problem, and they invented capitalism and apartheid. So, anyway, uh, that would be the problem if you were Dutch. But I know you're not Dutch, so that's fine. We don't have to do anything about if that. If I was Dutch, it would be a problem, though. I would be kicking the fuck off. Uh, anyway, so, um, everybody, thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure. We should do this at the oh. end. Thanks for being here, everyone. We'll see you in the uh. next show. Thanks for listening to this episode of red planet if you enjoyed the show leave a five-star review on apple Podcasts and tell all your comrades about it you can find where to watch us live every sunday at redplanetshow.com follow the show on twitter and tiktok at red underscore planet underscore tv and there's even more at our patreon patreon.com slash red underscore planet our music is by jasper byrne Red Planet is produced by Conrad Zimmerman in association with Mercenary Creative. See you next week.